0: You better be listening to Sleazoids, or... I must bring you.
1: Let him in, bravo. He's the nation's top counter-terrorist. do You're good to go. But on his final mission...
0: Negative. It's not him. He missed
1: the target. <laughs> we pride ourselves in hunting only combat veterans. Men who have the necessary skills to make our hunts more interesting. The opposition is about to get one last chance. What kind of a name is Chance? My
2: mama took when. Their styles are different. Very different. Offense gets the glory. But defense wins the game. Uh-huh. A world-class arms dealer. Did you open that? Yeah. With a flare for destruction. I don't know, man. I look at you. I see nothing but trouble. What the hell? I kind of like trouble.
3: we decide on all the official ratings and rankings for every film that we cover. Patreon subscribers also get an honor shout out and two bonus episodes every single month, which we've been doing for uh over uh, three years there's something like 90 plus bonus episodes waiting for you so uh, yeah. if you haven't made the jump yet definitely recommend uh, looking into that and speaking of which we did have a lot of people make the jump this week so we'll give them their awesome. shout-outs here uh, we've got uh, Adam Isaacson, Drew Mascarelli, KP Ethan Johnson uh CWW who actually upped his pledge to the uh the annual yearly pledge. Oh nice. Uh so thank you. We have yes. Alexandra Slaggle, we have Wes uh Kion, we have Joseph, Lawrence Taylor, uh Evan Rowe, Josh Greck, Joe, and Antonio Gray. Uh thanks so much to All of you folks for uh, signing up. I hope you're enjoying all of those bonus episodes. That's the one plug for the week. The other plug, as always, Apple Podcasts. If you guys are listening on Apple Podcasts and I see the stats, I know that you are. Scroll down to the very bottom right now. Give us a good old rating and review uh, down there. Helps us uh, climb the ranks over at iTunes and find new listeners. And then the last plug is merch. If you guys like the uh, poster art that local horror artist based out of Toronto, Trevor Henderson, did for the podcast, you can get that basically put on anything you want. You can get a poster. You can get a pillow, a notebook, a hoodie. uh, Whatever you can think of, you can probably find it. That link is in the description as well as over at sleezoidspodcast.com. All right. That's it. Welcome back. You guys know the drill. Welcome. Uh, As always, I am your host, uh, Josh Lewis. Joining me also, as always, is my co-host, Jamie Miller. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome. I think two weeks ago would have been the last time you guys, free listeners, would have heard from us. And we would have done a really filthy double feature with a friend of the pod, Kai Perignon, uh, out of Melbourne. Um, He brought with him uh, two very angry queer artists uh, raging against uh, the family unit and (laughs) indulging in all kinds of filth and abuse in a movie called Seeds from 1968, which is directed by Andy Milligan uh, which has more abortions and incest than basically any film I've ever seen. <laughs> yep. Uh, so take notes. And then uh blonde death from 1984, which was kind of like uh, a combination of John waters and like uh, Terrence Malick's badlands, badlands yeah. I guess, <laughs> Yep, definitely. Um, So, if you were ever wondering what Terrence Malick's Badlands would have been, but would have been for like a uh, really, really uh, filthy Orange County shot on video uh, mass murders at Disneyland kind of style couple, uh, that's what you'll find in Blonde Death. We had a lot of time, a lot of fun um, talking with Kai about those. And then last week, for bonus listeners, we did a, a very special episode on the new. Uh, Well, not actually on the new, but there is a new M. Night Shyamalan film that is out. And by now, Jamie and I have probably both seen it. Uh, And as of the time that you guys are listening to this, we'll probably have a bonus transmission coming up tomorrow where we will be deep diving into our thoughts on that. But we went back. All the way to the old M night, and we talked The Sixth Sense, nineteen ninety nine, and Unbreakable from two thousand. I don't think anyone needs a pitch or an uh, you know any kind of breakdown on what that episode was like. But we had a lot. It was it was a big boy. We had a we had a lot of. Um, a lot of fun breaking down uh, sort of the, the very natural talent of the visual stylist known as M. Night Shyamalan, who is uh, not, I think, as uh, out of touch as many of his dissenters would have, you believe. No. And especially in those early films, there is a, a lot of craft um, on display, and we we definitely had a fun time breaking that down. So that was uh, patreon.com slash podcast for last week's episode. Uh, but this week, and we're very excited too, just to be doing episodes again that are, uh, you know, in tandem with new releases. Something yeah. we literally haven't been able to do for like <laughs> a over a year. Time. So, mo- the movies are back. Nature is healing. We talked about <laughs> an M Night uh, to coincide with the M Night movie. And this week, uh, speaking of uh, screen auteurs. This week, we we wanted to talk Jean-Claude Van Damme. He's only ever come oh, yeah. up uh, in episodes on other filmmakers. We've talked about um, Universal Soldier. He appeared on when we were doing Dolph Month. Yep. And he also came up when we did Albert Pion. And we talked about uh, his film Cyborg that he made oh, with yeah. him literally using all of the leftover parts of a failed Masters of the Universe movie that Canon was trying to make, I believe. Yep, you um, get a Jean
0: Claude Van Damme resurrection sequence, basically, where he's on like a crucifix and everything. It's great. His,
3: his his thighs are glistening while he's <laughs> screaming like Jesus. That's right. Um, and yeah, so we, we we've only ever talked about Jean Claude Van Damme kind of incidentally, but this week we really wanted to break down the man himself, the muscles from Brussels, they call him. So we have uh, a very special episode planned today because I believe he's got a, at the time that you guys are listening to this, there is a new Netflix film um, with him out that we haven't watched yet, but we figured that we would go back and we would talk about uh, two of our favorites, and also two of our favorites that also both happen to be the American debuts of two very special uh, Chinese filmmakers. And to do that, we have special returning guest from, the the pod daddy of Chapo Trap House himself, Will Miniker. (laughs) Will, how you doing?
1: Hey boys, how's it going? I just want to let you know, uh, my mama, she named me Will because she filled one out after she had me. (laughs) 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 It's a joy to be here talking, uh, JCVD, Jean-Claude Van Damme. Uh, I think uh, probably his, his two best movies, or at least my two favorite of his movies, and then uh, as you pointed out, uh, also very special because it's a double feature about the, uh, the American film debuts of two uh, absolute Hong Kong auteurs and masters of action cinema. Hell yeah. So the
3: double feature we're going to be talking about today is Hard Target from 1993, directed by a little-known filmmaker known as John Woo. Many of you, I'm sure, will know. We've covered John Woo quite a few times. But I, I do think that this is our first time talking about an American John Woo film. Other than, I guess I guess we did Mission Impossible 2 very, very early on. Um, but Blackjack but, as well. I think, oh, uh, yes, Blackjack with Dolph. I guess we have uh, covered
0: a couple. I just, uh, yes, for some we- reason, also forgot. <laughs>
3: Yes, we just also haven't done the, uh, I guess, the, the really big ones. We haven't done like Face Off or Broken Arrow right, or right. Uh, Paycheck might even be a little bit too late in the game to cover, but we've, we definitely, our, our big John Woo episode was The Killer and Hardboiled.
2: Yeah. Uh, yeah. His,
3: his, his two Hong Kong masterpieces, and so very excited to see him working with an American star in his first American movie, and it's so funny how American he decided to go with it,
2: like <laughs> yeah. how culturally
3: American he decided to make it too. Very interesting. And uh, we're going to be pairing that with a double team from 1997, which I I knew we had to have Will on talk about because uh, he loves this film more
1: than anyone I've ever known. (laughs) Hell yeah. Uh, Yeah. Welcome. Welcome to the uh, team, team, double team. Um, Yeah. I mean, I mean, what, what more can one say about double team? I mean, it's got, it's got it all. It's got Mickey Rourke fighting a tiger. It's got um, an island for retired spies. It's got techno monks. It's got uh, NBA all-star Dennis Rodman. <laughs>
3: yes, which I knew you would be
1: very excited and to talk about. And some of the best trip ever.
3: You've been tweeting about basketball for a very, very long time. So I was like, he chose this because it's got, it's got a basketball guy in it. And also, if correct me if I'm wrong, I'm not, I haven't been following basketball for particularly long, but this was when Dennis Rodman was winning his back-to-back championships, no? When he filmed
1: us. 1997 um yeah god i mean yeah i think he was still on the bulls um but yeah this is probably like he uh (laughs) it was at the stage in his career when he could just ask for like three months off during the regular season to go party (laughs) in vegas with carmen electra (laughs) to shoot a movie with sweet hark and jean-claude van damme yeah it's uh rock star show and then also the, the other thing i love about double team is that we can get into it but like it's filled with basketball related puns. <laughs> so yeah, many. Right.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Every oh, other man. line out of his mouth. And and the when we'll get into it when we talk about double team, but <laughs> like he's not playing himself and the character never brings up basketball. Like there's not a basketball scene in the movie anywhere. He yeah, just it, keeps making basketball puns. <laughs>
0: Oh, even though man. the character
3: clearly had I mean just doesn't I don't know it was it was a very interesting uh, experience watching this because I, I watched this a long long time ago as a kid when I definitely just picked movies based on who had cool hair and cool guns on the poster. Oh, and, yeah. uh, De- Dennis Rodman's fits were definitely a huge inspiration for <laughs> for checking out this one and yeah well, I supreme mean
1: if if- drip. If you're movie. picking movies based on who has the coolest hair and who has the coolest guns, I mean, Double Team would be at the top of your list because you got exactly. Dennis Rodman has has different hair in every scene of the movie. <laughs> He's got a different dye job, and because it's got that like it's just like that hong kong flavor is that like every gun in the movie has to be like tricked out it can't just be like some boring ass like regular handgun it's got to be like have the fucking sights on it it's got to have the extendo clip it's got to be fully (laughs) auto like it's just every little detail is a joy yeah yeah we will definitely get into that when we start talking
3: double team but yes we're going to be talking about uh hard target and double team this week and speaking of which i think we are going to jump right into it here we are going to start off with hard target
2: Ladies first. What? These men will chase after you. Are you be mad at you for business or pleasure. Both. Look at it this way. You're gonna get to meet Elvis. Give it a rest, pal. Jean-Claude Van Damme is the hard target. You miss me? From internationally acclaimed action director, John Woo.
1: Host Bill to be hunted. You tell me.
2: Hard target.
3: Alright, we are talking Hard Target, the 1993 American action film directed by Hong Kong film director John Woo in what was his American film debut. From what I understand, um, he wanted to go over to America after shooting Hard Boiled because they were working crazy hours to get films like that across. And you can see it in the films. But John Woo was definitely getting tired of some of the, the industry standards, and he looked at Hollywood and he said, you know, I could probably clock in and clock out over there a little bit more. And he, 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 so he, he came over and he was offered by Universal a bunch of different scripts that he was able to read through, and he opted for this one. Uh and also I think at this point too he turned down face off at this point too. He was oh. he was already offered face off, but he didn't he wasn't convinced about the uh the sci-fi elements of it, I guess, yet. And he wanted to kind of stick with something a little bit more simple um well, at thank the time. God but obviously he, he saw the light. He saw the light on that one, yes. <laughs> but it's worth noting, too, that when he came over to make this film, Universal was also actually not super confident because, obviously, John Woo was coming from Hong Kong and he didn't know English, and they figured that that would be a big problem on set. So it's actually reported that Sam Raimi, apparently, was on set for the majority of this film uh, oh, just to make sure that he was being communicated with properly and with the translators
1: and everything like that, and that well,
3: if something went wrong with Woo, you guys... he was meant to step in and replace him, I'm pretty
1: sure. Uh, okay. I don't know if you guys uh, uh, clocked this, but like, I mean, obviously, I like this. Sam Raimi had to have been on set for this movie because uh, it features a cameo by his brother Ted. Who's yes, in, I like, did know that. Sam Raimi's <laughs> movie. He's like, he's the guy on the street who's like, I don't have any change, buddy, when like the the guy who's getting uh-huh. hunted like hassles him. Yeah. Oh, interesting. And uh, I, I also read that like, yeah, like the studio was concerned because they were like, yeah, this guy doesn't speak English. He's never made a movie in America, and Sam Raimi was like, look. John Woo at 70% is going to do an action movie better than like any American director working at like 110%. <laughs> Very so true. Like, a, like I I'm, I'm vouching for him. Like this is going to be, this is going to be real. Yep. Yeah.
3: Yeah. And I mean, it. yeah, Ramy was 100% correct because if there's anything that I'll say about this movie, it's that this movie has, um, a pretty typical, uh, American studio action film kind of screenplay, the kind of screenplay yeah. that, uh, for example, previously was appealing to someone like Andrew uh, Davis, who apparently was someone who was first attached to this and eventually kind of passed over it. But you know, the guy who made the fugitive, the guy who made like okay, three or right. four Seagal vehicles, including like, <laughs> uh, I think he did above the law and under siege and everything like that. There's another universe where this is a Seagal movie, right?
2: Yeah. <laughs> where you, you, you,
3: you can see Seagal as like the, the, the Cajun homeless man. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and and also this actually did suffer from uh, an interesting kind of um, history that is similar to a lot of Seagal films where it actually was eventually cut by a producer and Van Damme um, because there, there is apparently a version of this movie that is like, I guess like two, two plus hours or something like that, or I really? guess a two hour version, which was the one that Wu preferred. And the studio asked, you know, the producers asked to have a version cut down and Van Dam basically got to sit in the editing room with the producers and he basically made it the Van Dam show a little bit. Now a little bit less you know so than Seagal cut? did. Uh, apparently a lot of stuff that was cut was, um, Lance Henriksen. Lance Henriksen. Oh. Um, there was a lot more with him in it, apparently uh, th- that it was basically almost considered like a co-lead between him and Van well, Damme.
0: Here's the thing and I could see like, like, you know, if th- these action stars seem to always have these, these egos and, and the, sh- the, the scenes with uh, Henriksen are unbelievably cool. So I-, I could see him like just in there like, yeah, oh, well no, he looks what too I was damn saying. good,
3: man. Yeah. We-, we, we talked about it on our Segal episode where we did out for justice and the whole, you know, the reason what hindered that movie actually was that Seagal basically cut out so much of Bill Forsyth because he was actually showing him up as an actor. (laughs) Right. Um, and you know, Bill Forsyth is so great in that film and Seagal literally chopped out like a half hour of his story and everything like that to make it the Seagal movie. And so Van Damme kind of did something a little bit similar here, but at the very least Van Damme did get more along with, um, John Wu, and I think John Wu at one point said that he has a pretty big ego, but Van Damme was very professional. He always tried to do a good job. And it's a perfect merging, I think, of filmmaker and actor, too, because, you know, we've talked about Woo quite a bit. Woo has this very heightened style to him. Obviously, it's been called Gun Fu, but there's yep. this idea, you know, this very visual, uh, balletic kind of you know uh, the gun is another tool for the martial arts i was watching an interview recently with scott adkins the direct video actor and he recently described it perfectly i thought was that you know in, in a sequence in hard target where like they're dual wielding and they're shooting each other it's so close quarters and such a destructive force it's basically just used as like an extension of their arms like a fist making a punch yeah. that's how it's sort of I mean, visually used it- in the
1: film the signature move in this movie by by Chance Boudreau is to like dump 15 bullets into some guy's chest at close like a point blank range <laughs> yes. and then do a spinning roundhouse kick to their head to finish them off. <laughs> yeah. Like is it just like just dumping a clip into someone's gut wasn't enough? He's got to like fucking just like snap their head back with his with his fucking foot like right yes. after. It's a, it's just it's so it's so generous, you know, like like Wu's style, which is like to slow things down or show you like the same thing from like three different angles. But like when Van Damme, like when he does his signature kicks and he just like kicks dudes in the head in this movie, like it's so satisfying. Like you just see oh, yeah. their head just snap back and like every bead of sweat just fly off of it yeah. and like just blood shoot out of their mouth. Like it's just the sound of it. Oh, it's just it's so... It's great, and I it's love so hard body. This movie,
0: I love every impact has uh, like a zoom in on the action, and then a slow mo effect that happens. It's every single time he hits anybody. So it's like they're approaching, they're kind of getting up for the for the punch or the kick, and then as soon as he makes contact, they zoom in, do a do a big slow mo, and then the fight continues. And and I love one of the major parts that I really liked was when he uh, it's the first fight on the street where he's saving the girl. And uh, he throws a dude into the window, and that initially is really quick, like the the toss. But then it cuts into the actual restaurant or whatever he's throwing him into, and then you get the nice slow mo uh, shot of the guy just going right through the window, glass breaking. It just—he's so good at elevating uh, simple fighting scenes.
3: Yeah, that, that that's the thing that, that really works about this for me is that like the story itself is very light and even kind of you know in comparison to some of his Hong Kong stuff like you know he was coming off like bullet in the head for example right right you know like yeah. that, <laughs> like that movie that movie has so much to say obviously about the politics of that situation and the friendship and the violence and the codes of honor so this is a you know a, a, this is kind of a, a more a bit emptier of a an action exercise in in comparison there's still obviously some really uh, awesome you know sort of uh, detail to this that we'll get into the specifics of but like this is definitely a lighter kind of movie in terms of the characterization than I think Wu is typically used for but the style yeah. is nothing but pure refined Wu he just goes crazy yeah, for it it's, and it's, merging it with Van Damme who is an actual athletic performer who yes, can match yes. that heightened quality that he has as a filmmaker like Van D- like I from what I read a lot of the shooting of this movie was Wu getting there deciding he wanted to do something crazy and then Van Damme being like yeah okay I'll try it and then <laughs> they tried it and they kept upping the ante basically on every take being like and Wu basically was like loved Van Damme simply because the dude was always game for everything that he asked and he could do it yeah yeah
1: so but yeah so- like so this is it- it, it, like what I what I like about, about, about both these movies, and particularly being like Van Damme being the star for these two like Chinese auteurs making their American debut and this kind of it, this very fruitful like East meets West collaborations that mm-hmm. took place a lot in the 90s is that like Van Damme is like already weird. You know, <laughs> like, like, yes. like he doesn't like, he doesn't fit into like America or or what we would think of as like, you know, action movie stars. He has that they're, they're very common thing in like uh, like sort of eighties and nineties like action movie stars. But what I like about the direction is that the sort of the, the visual grammar of these movies are like also kind of feels like English in translation and like like you know what I mean like it's it doesn't it it it, it feels different than like than American directors and yeah. like it just like like Wu and Hark are just so. Like I said, they're just so fucking generous with like everything they give you. They just throw everything like at, like mm-hmm. they just throw everything out there. And in Hard Target, man, like you got all the signature woo touches, like played to the hilt. You got guys fucking shit up on dirt bikes. <laughs> You've got the slow mo. You've got the doves, obviously. Oh yeah. And lest we not forget um, the the lesser known woo touch that I don't think people uh, uh, hit on as much, but uh, the homoeroticism. There's plenty <laughs> of homoeroticism in Hard Target. Yeah, oh the, yeah, well, Van Van Dam was always
3: someone who played to the camera. We talked about this in Universal Soldier, because directed by Roland Emmerich. I mean, there's entire shots of that of just his 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 ass and his thighs, and <laughs> right. just, uh, always as wet as possible. There's there's stories of him like on set, like uh, I think even on Double Team that there was there was talk that he would kept telling. Uh, troy hark to essentially like getting closer to his bicep during the workout scenes and <laughs> stuff like that he was like yeah get that
1: yeah get it you yeah, like <laughs> so, so van good. dam van dam is so wet in this movie like yeah. his hair is <laughs> oh yeah he's so mullet, wet in every so scene they just like <laughs> he's got this mullet and it's like it's like it's like rippled like ramen noodles when you take them yes. out of the package yeah, you yeah. know and it's just that he's got the. Got this mullet. He's just, it's just so, so wet and sweaty. It's all in New Orleans. It's just, yeah. I mean, even his
0: like introduction, the way that he shoots him when he's just sitting at the bar, you get this, uh, uh, shot from behind him, so you see the wet gelled mullet, and everything. And he kind of go the camera goes up and and pans up, and then it you t- get these western
3: twang strings. Yeah,
0: right, exactly. you Got the <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then and then he even does close ups of his his face, like his jawline and everything. Like they they establish just how cool. And uh, good-looking, this guy is supposed to be. He's got, right he's away. got the trench
3: coat. He's got yeah, the, yeah, yep, yep. The, the, the the one hooped earring.
0: Yes, of course. Yeah. Even when he like walks away from saving that girl, and she just stares in amazement, like he's some type of <laughs> god or something. He just has that slow mo walk down the street in his trench coat and everything. It's oh man, it's it's beautiful.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, the it, thing I would. I think I was struck by uh, watching Hard Target this time. It was like you mentioned like, I mean, it doesn't have like a, 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 quite as many of like the, the the deeper themes as like John Woo's um, Hong Kong movies. And like, you yeah. know, he didn't write the screenplay. He's just picking up kind of like a work for hire job that he made his own. But like, nonetheless, like I, I was struck this time is like, I, like, I don't know. Like, like I was, I was sort of impressed by like the the political message in this movie, and it's like it's real focus on kind of the plight of America's urban poor, which in this movie are, of course sort of left to be hunted for sport by rich psychos and yeah. <laughs> it's literally, literally is dangerous, the inner dangerous city style. style. <laughs> yeah, and they're like, there are full on gun battles in like the middle of the streets in New Orleans where like people are firing rockets at each other and like nobody notices or cares. There's like a police <laughs> strike going on and it's all taking place in this concept, this sort of context of like uh, social services being cut and privatized. And then in this movie, like Lance Hendrickson's character and like his whole crew, like he says explicitly like what they're offering is it's just a privatization of murder. He's right, like, we're, yes. we're just allowing the private sector to do what like, you know, Air Force pilots or cops or fucking like, you know, military guys do for the government uh, legally. We're just offering that opportunity to, to the private, private citizens. Sector.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
3: Yeah, it's really really dark when you when when you think about it. And I I read too that Wu he he liked that element, but he also especially just loved like the very um sort of propulsive structure of the whole thing apparently. Like he was like I w- when he was reading it, he was like yeah, this is something just very simple that I could see how you how I could make this my own because you know, it's just it's very clearly there's there's a there's a a kind of logic to it that his camera can then kind of move through. Like yeah. I was struck by in the opening scene for example which you're kind of dropped into into the middle of this chase that where you know where this Lance Henriksen has you know offered this man the opportunity to basically just kill this homeless veteran and but you open from the point of view of that man like wandering the old New Orleans strip and he's knocking on doors in the rain for help there's lots of like atmosphere and fear to it and sudden images of these close-ups of arrows just spinning their weights toward him he's like darting through these alleys and these like beautiful tracking shots until he's being chased by like motorcyclists and these ritualistic chains. <laughs> sounds just start coming up it's 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 like this very uh you, you feel like what you're watching is like in if you're watching an older film or about an older time period where they're like chasing a man down on like horseback right <laughs> but John yeah, Wu yeah. has like put he, like an, being, an American he, action context into it. <laughs>
1: Like, like, Lance Sanderson refers to, like, uh, the dirt bike guys at one point as his dogs. Like, to one of his yes. clients, he's like, don't embarrass me in front of my dogs. And he's used yes. these guys on dirt bikes to, like, harry uh, their quarry, you know, like, to harry their game and, like, you know, sort of, a yeah. uh, like, you push, push them into the it's area. It's literally where like a peasant being chased go. out yeah. of a castle
3: or something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and then, but Wu, again, throws that in where, you know, just incredible on-screen chaos with just explosions and bullets hitting the dirt and shredding just about everything that you can see on screen. And at one point the arrow like pierces him and locks him into the tree. And it's just, it's so, um, brutal and has such a good sense of mood to it, especially too when they eventually do get the guy, they, they put like three arrows through his chest and his body just like floats in the muddy, you know, river as, uh, the I think it's Lance Henriksen asks him. He's just like, uh, "Was it worth it?" And the guy's just like, "Every penny." <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah,
3: <laughs> and and also worth noting too. This is where we get introduced to his uh, Henriksen's uh, second in command. Uh,
1: uh, I think his name Arnold is Arnold Vazlu. Yeah, Arnold he's Bos- so Van uh, Pick Van Cleef. Yeah, I mean, what like, a probably, name! Probably a reference to Lee Van Cleef, but I mean, a- it absolutely is. Like, He's like some like South African mercenary. He's such a good character in this movie. He's oh, such yeah. a good like, like number two heavy. He's so good. Where He's like, you wouldn't want to hurt my feelings. <laughs> <laughs> He's just brutal too. He dishes out so much of the, the
0: crazy violence in this
1: that uh, shotgun the last time I'd seen this Jesus. movie yeah, the la- oh, oh yeah. my god the last time the last time I'd seen this movie before watching it for uh, today's episode I was like I, I watched it with uh, with Felix and he'd never seen it before and <laughs> the scene where he just fucking like sticks a shotgun in that guy's car window and just like point blank blows his head off and the whole fucking windshield of the car gets blown out <laughs> was like one we, of the we, biggest Felix squibs we were, I've ever seen <laughs> we were, we were uh, Felix was levitating he was like that's a better scene than anything I've seen in the movies like in the last 15 years <laughs>
0: (laughs) I love too that he like Wu always elevates all of the movements that these characters do. Like for instance, when he approaches the car, he hits the 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 window with the butt of the shotgun and then does this cool little like air flip with it to get it back into the car and in the right position so he can point it at him. Uh, there's another part where he threatens uh, a, a dude with scissors, and at the end, he like says like, "If I have to come back, I'll cut myself a stake," and then just puts the scissors right into the wall as he leaves the room. Like, there's just always this added style to everything that the uh, that the characters do, especially the well, bad and the, guys, way, and, and the way
3: he emphasizes those impacts too, really. like like that close up of the scissors being just locked into the wood, and then yeah. he holds on the <laughs> shot of it, like kind of like stabilizing in the wood while it like kind of like shakes from the impact a little bit. And stuff right.
2: like that. Yeah, it's yeah. Great.
3: Well, and, and and I like too that, you know, we we kind of mentioned it briefly, but I think Will's spot on that the the Pick Van Cleef character name is absolutely a reference to Lee Van Cleef because this is yeah. uh it's funny that Woo is like, hey, I'm making my first American film. So he decides to put like all of these kind of like Western Bayou Chase mm-hmm. Revenge movie kind of qualities into this, which is you know not the kind of movie he's typically made. And his action applies very well to it, but I was surprised at a lot of the early scenes. Like he's telling a modern cowboy story, but the cowboy is a Cajun homeless man and the people, you know, the, the sort of, the, the sort of outlaws who are, you know, um, uh, pillaging the townsfolk are like, just like these uber rich elite guys who are, you know, just giving money to the highest bidder to kill them. And it's such an interesting flip on that idea. And then the way he visually realizes that is so cool because in the opening sequence where you're introduced, like obviously he's introduced like this is really cool drifter cowboy type, but for some reason he's still got the Belgian French accent.
1: Um, <laughs> <laughs>
3: um, and but the the way that uh, Wu always kind of like establishes the space through you know the kind of um you know he, he's kind of showing you this cafe and you watch the girl come in looking for her missing father who was the vet who was killed in the opening scene and you know she the a bunch of these guys kind of see that you know she's waving money around and she's got money and they go to uh, attack her essentially it's a very it's got that very western quality of like here's the innocent girl about to be tacked by you know by these guys who think that she's weak and that they're powerful and he's going to stop that from happening and it leads to like these genuinely like Sergio Leone, like showdown moments where he walks up to them and there's literally like a crane shot from behind the bad guys to reveal him standing there. And then there's <laughs> close ups of their eyes while they're looking at each other. It's literally like a standoff situation, yep. which leads to the greatest, honestly, I think one of the greatest things I've seen in both a Wu movie and a Van Dam movie, which is the visual reference of Van Dam moving his duster. To the side to show you <laughs> his leg, and now this shot is exactly it's like, it's like, like he a, has
1: a gun. It's like he yes, it. it's like instead yes. of, a gun, instead yeah. of him cheating his gun, he's like just check out these gams. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> about exactly. about to pull him out. Exactly,
3: it's exactly out cam, what it's baby. like. It's so funny. It, like it's literally from a Leone movie where a character would reveal that he's got a revolver and he's strapped, yeah. and instead it's just a thigh, and you can see everyone looking at him like, okay. Like, okay, what, what, what's there? And then bam, he just like double roundhouse kicks both
2: the two (laughs)
0: dudes. (laughs) Oh my God.
3: And like, just, just the way that Wu like mythologizes Van Damme's thigh, like it's a cowboy's gun in the filmmaking, like incredible. No one else, (laughs) no one else would do that. And the only reason it works is because of Van Damme's reputation for his legs as well.
1: Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Now, I, I don't know if that's true or not, but like I remember in high school, like in like you know, like watching this movie with my friends or whatever, and there was like some kid in like I think it was like an older grade and like we were just talking in class about, about John Woo and Hard Target and like you know, this could be bullshit from like, you know, decades ago now. But um he he told me and I remember it always stuck with me that um before Hard Target, Van Damme didn't even know how to hold a gun because he was just the kicking guy. And like John Wu showed him how to like 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 that make a, have a gun look cool when you're using it in a movie. Well, he definitely did
3: that. He does something I've never seen someone else do, which is the upside down gun trick upside in the big down, finale. Yeah, oh, so good.
0: <laughs> I also love That's when he, after that that initial fight on the on the uh, on the street or whatever, when he walks away, the the fade that happens after is the big American flag.
3: <laughs> yes, he literally dissolves into an American flag as Band he walks damn, down the street. Baby, American hero. <laughs> While Lotted. while the twang is going and everything yeah. like that. And yeah. that scene too, again, Wu just very much establishes, you know, the the very sort of like slow, fast kind of uh cutting that he does. As again, you just get to show off Van Damme's athleticism where he's like, Yeah, he's you know, he's 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 gut punching people, he's sweep kicking dudes on top of the cars and then yeah, flipping yeah. him so that his feet kick the other guy. Just like shit <laughs> that like doesn't make any sense like physically. And you're like, How how would someone actually do that and Van Damme can just actually do it because he's insane.
1: Yes. I mean, even more brutal than the um dozens of spinning head kicks that he lays out in that scene. The the, the one that I was just like, oh, is when he just runs that guy's head into a parking meter, like <laughs> yes. on the, it just straight <laughs> oh, yeah. on. The sound and is you just see him like bong <laughs> bong. Yeah, well, oh and, and what's so
3: funny is that Woo matches that with, because uh, normally you would see a kind of shot like that where the camera would kind of follow the action and it would pull away from the meter. Wu opts for the push in on the meter. So basically yeah. it turns from like the wide shot where you can see the full body fight happening. And then it's a push in on the close up on the meter in time for you to get the close up of the dude's head hitting it. <laughs> <laughs> Just, just very specific woo stuff that just really, you know, it, it sounds simple, but it's the kind of thing that a lot of filmmakers forget to do that really make that impact just feel so much more brutal the way that you both see them and you feel them.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, another thing I mean, it's where it like, paints the, like paints uh, Van Damme as this cool dude is after he actually gets fired from his job uh, and it's initially why he won't take her offer is because he wants to like stay out of trouble or whatever. Um, but then when he gets denied to do the dock work, uh, Wu paints it as like, it's still a very cool moment when it, he gets revealed behind the like crates that they're moving. It's, it's huge. Yeah, that yeah, moment yeah, feels so huge. So like right. for,
3: like <laughs> not, not for no reason you understand dramatically what he's doing, but it's just so funny. Like that, that, that scene in any other movie would just be like, okay. I guess I'm gonna do it. And, but for, for Woo, it's like the huge slow mo reveal smash cut into Van Damme looking cool as fuck. Yeah,
0: like it's just, I,
3: you know, that I, moment just feels so much bigger than anyone else would make. <laughs>
0: Absolutely. And she even like takes her glasses off, like she's seeing the dinosaurs in Jurassic Park kind of thing. And, like, yeah. and then and then and then he goes up and he's like, Oh, okay, I'll take the job, uh, because he just got fired and it's it's like not cool at all, but he's still painting it as the coolest guy on earth. And then the best part for me was when she's like, Okay, well get in, you can drive. And he's like, I can't drive, I don't have a license. And it's still painted as like he's being this badass. I just it's what endless. A badass. It's yeah. Just yeah, good, man. He doesn't but, need to drive anywhere it's so yeah, funny i loved that part <laughs> he, it, somehow only, he balanced lic- coolness with complete like lame <laughs> like somebody He's only licensed
1: lame. to he's only licensed to to drive a fan boat in, in, the, in the in the bio but yeah. uh, no cars for him <laughs> yeah no i mean it just it just brings to mind like you said like if, if the director of the fugitive was like the one who originally ended up doing this movie or like if an american director had done it i mean i'm sure it would have been like okay but it would have been like it would have been like mostly like just kind of forgettable like 90s action movie it would have been fine you wouldn't have had that just with just (laughs) it's just with woo it's just like just like with the like the action that he does is just like the i mean it elevates this movie to 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 high art yes and you know we can and we can talk about like you know the most like the most insane ridiculous like 90s action movie sequence when he's like surfboarding on the dirt bike firing at the pickup truck and then like flips <laughs> over the, Like as the dirt bike collides with the pickup truck he flips over it and like, rolls over the on cab, the, top. And the entire truck rolls and then fires as he like comes back up and then blows up the gas tank on the car and the motorcycle at the same time it's just i mean they, they don't make them like they used to they, no, don't they make do like not they used to
3: No, there's a lot of really incredible ridiculousness, both both in the action scenes. But I was also surprised in just some of also the 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 detail of of the movie as well and some of the lines and things that they get. I mean, I think, Will, you mentioned it right off the top of of the episode there, but just lines listening to uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme have to be like uh, (laughs) your name's chance. My mom took one.
1: I had to write down. I mean, we, we can get to him, but like when Wilford Brimley shows up doing like the the, the, the greatest, the, the, the most half-ass Cajun accent of all time. <laughs> but he really, he really looks the part. I mean, he, he, yeah, like, uh, Wilford Brugley had, like, his, his great one-liner in the movie is, like, when we first meet him, he's just, like, muttering to himself, working on his still, and, he, you know, takes a little sip of his white lightning, and he goes, oh, oh, my, he goes, good whiskey, make the jackrabbit slap the bear.
2: <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> and then, like, he gives a drink to Yancey Butler's character, and he goes, drink, but don't, but don't spill, it killed the grass. <laughs> It's like what
0: <laughs> i also okay. the dialogue that i was i was just howling at too was the fact that they never reference the girl's father as father they say daddy every single time so, yeah, so yeah. you it's have like daddy yeah so you have van damme saying like i was just trying to find her daddy <laughs> shit <laughs> like that it's fucking
1: and i it's was like and, you know, like, she, like, you know, her character is, like, finding out that her dad has been, like, you know, homeless and, like, living on the street. And she hasn't, like, you know, she's been trying to contact him, but, like, he's sort of, you know, he's, he's fallen into destitution. And, right, right, and, and, and then there's a police of, like, strike, the so yeah. they're not even going to, like, help her find him, basically. And then, yeah, like, right. and, and, you know, like, in that tender moment, Van Damme is like, I know it's tough for your daddy. It's, <laughs> it's hard out there on the streets. <laughs>
2: the Disney that you know, I
3: mean, me so So it, it it sounds ridiculous but honestly watching the movie so it's so charming it. it's so charming It is.
0: Oh, it absolutely is. It works it within the film. It's just to watch Van Damme and and really everybody else even the officer references her as dad or him as daddy, which I just I was I was howling at it. I thought it was so funny. <laughs>
3: Yeah, so I'm I'm very curious if that was just something that because you know obviously I thought you know, it was a translation thing. Well, yeah, but uh, but not even just with Wu, also with Van Dam, right? Like Van oh, Dam obviously yeah. had to learn learn English too, and you know, so <laughs> yeah, you know, he, he's he's not the most natural <laughs> line deliverer of American lines either. <laughs> no, so no. having Wu and Van Dam, <laughs> you know, together, it's very interesting. There's there's definitely some stuff that gets I think lost in communication, but in a way that's very um, very good, very right. entertaining, and very fun, and yeah. also. At a certain point too you have to wonder how intentional the ridiculousness is too because there's even oh, yeah. ones that isn't even in lines of dialogue one of the craziest moments in this film and I don't know if, if, if you guys clocked how crazy this is because Wu is such a <laughs> gifted filmmaker. He honestly doesn't make it that crazy uh-huh. or it, it doesn't it doesn't seem that way, I guess. Uh, so Van Damme, he finds her daddy's uh, <laughs> dog tag and he finds that it has like an arrow piercing through it, which is proof that, you know, he's actually been murdered and that he's, you know, he's going to kind of pursue this like a like a cowboy or a detective or an American hero, you know, that, you know, yeah. American film hero in that way. He's going to pursue this. He finds out that, you know, her dad was like, you know, this silver star, or no, sorry, he's the silver star Marine recon, but so he's kind of connected to the father with, with his own time in the military. Right. Um, And, you know that they mentioned. You know, obviously, you know, we shouldn't underestimate this guy. He was raised in the bayou by his uncle, and he's fucking crazy. And <laughs> the, but the the crazy moment while this is happening, because it, you know, it's really hyping Van Dam up. You're giving you his backstory. Van Dam is looking very stoic. The camera's pushing in on him. He's looking at the dog tag, being like, something is up. Something ominous is here. <laughs> what when happens the dove in flies scene? In. The dove flies into his room, and I was like, okay, this is you know, this is woo. You know, doves just yeah. they 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 do that. They come in. They, they fly give in. You you know, answers. whatever. But that's not the crazy part that there's a dove. The crazy part is that the dove lands on his dog <laughs> tags, which gives him the vital information that, you know, you should have two dog tags. And he's like, so where's this other guy's dog tag? Uh, so he, and that sorry, that's when he goes and finds the second one that has the hole in it. But this is him just finding out that, that he's missing a dog tag. And right. also that, you know, it's connecting the military and it's personal now. And Van Dam literally goes, Yeah
2: yeah he literally yeah. talks to
3: the dove yeah. who just basically communicated this information
1: to him it's like thanks dove well i mean <laughs> appreciate you well i mean I, as we're talking about the doves i mean like obviously like the doves are like john woo's like his signature flourish yeah and, yes. like, it can get it can get a little ridiculous i mean like the, the amount of doves in the end at the end of face off is just like oh we get it <laughs> we get so it good. just the. the fl- the fluttering of these fucking pigeons everywhere but like you know i mean obviously like what are the, what do the doves represent in john Wu's movies and like to me like it, it's always been like his connection between like cuz you know apparently like if he had not become a filmmaker he would have become like a minister he was going to become like a like a christian right um like pa- pastor basically mm-hmm. he was like oh, almost going to join the priesthood i mean I, I don't know what the denomination but yeah like to me like like doves are always a symbol in his movies of this idea of like like uh, like symbolizing kind of like a uh, Christian, like a, like a grace in a Christian sense, or like the, yeah. the sort of uh, the 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 soul, like like mm-hmm. this, like the like right. uh, yeah, like um, like, like the, the uh, transcendence, or like uh, some 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 sort of like, like definitely a t- communication t- touch of, touch with a higher eternal, power, yeah. a little bit, yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Like um, and and then w- which leads to you know, I, I think probably my favorite scene in the movie. This is like towards the end when he's being like you know uh, chased through the bayou by like, you know, like the, all the hunters and the motorcycle, the dogs, the motorcycle dogs. And they're in this like abandoned factory. And of course there's like some pigeons like, you know, roosting around in the nest. And one of the motorcycle guys, like the pigeons shit on his visor. And then he just like looks up and he's like fucking birds or whatever. And he like shoots them. He like, you know, kills some doves, which is like in a John Woo movie, homie, if you kill a dove, oh my God, oh my God. And then immediately right after that, he sees, yeah. He kills the, he kills the sacred dove, and immediately right <laughs> after that, like Van Dam just appears in front of him and he's just like, i forget what the one liner is but like it's so fucking sick he fucking he kicks a gas can yes. like from the ground kicks it up like directly at the dude's head and as it's coming towards his face he just racks a shotgun and shoots it so like the the gas can explodes like right in this guy's face so he gets like a got a head full of like shotgun like buckshot and like exploding gasoline at the same time oh, So that's yeah. what you get that's what you get for killing the sacred dove in a John Woo movie. Yeah, name. the, the, the one-liner too, by the way, is, hey, pigeon.
2: Hey, pigeon. <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, and it, 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 it's, yeah, it's th- some of the the, the, the like, the action detail in this obviously gets, like, really in- incredible, and I just love, too, that the performances are basically gauged at, like, that exact same level. Like, we've already talked about Arnold Vosloo, but, like, L- Lance Henriksen, too, Gets to oh, her, yeah, like, we gotta so talk cool. about Lance. He, Lance, he, he, like, Lance gets he to just, really go off in this movie.
1: He lets he lets the, he, they let him open up the throttle in this one. And like, <laughs> you know, like when you have a, when you have one of these movies with like a sort of uh like s semi-ridiculous to let in um star in whether it's you know Van Damme or or Segal or Stallone or you know sort of like you got to have the heavy come with that like real character actor energy and like Lance Hangerstein is is such a good villain in this movie and the thing I noticed watching it this time is like the best part about his character is just like as the movie progresses he just gets angrier and angrier in that like he can't ever really process that like like he's losing yeah. On, like, he, yeah. he doesn't he doesn't believe it until the very end the very end well even after a grenade gets shoved down his pants and he's kicked into like a fucking pile of mardi gras debris he yeah. still thinks he's gonna win and he's still just so offended by van damme like 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 fucking with his his perfect um murder uh uh Business. entrepreneurship <laughs> yeah yeah well i i love that um, so a-
3: according to Lance Henriksen, he basically accepted the role because he was a big fan of John Woo. And the funniest part about his quote about this was that this is, what he said when, when in, in talking about John Woo, he said that his earlier films were so creative and so balletic and had this incredible philosophy in them. The violence was only a container for the philosophy. Oh. <laughs> and so that was his reasoning to be like okay i gotta i gotta work with Wu. he had like the most intellectual reason to do this and then he said that woo when he got on set basically said that he could go as big and try anything that he wanted as <laughs> long as he believed that it was coming from a place of wanting to feel power over the more poor and vulnerable he's like wow. as long as you stay true to that you can do whatever you want with this
2: that's awesome. Well he
1: nailed it Yes, and yes. like the, to me, to me, the scene that stands out uh, in terms of like Lance Hendrickson's role in this movie. Like do you guys remember the sequence, or it's like a montage that's like uh, um sort of. Uh, grounded by him playing piano in this like beautiful like oh, um, yes. piano yeah. mansion, yeah, and it's just like it, it I mean, like he's not playing the piano, so you see it, and it's like like he's he's doing the arm movements, but he's like he like Lance is acting like he's playing the piano, but like as he's playing this like very complicated you know uh, piano arrangement of like classical music, like as you see him like slam the fucking keys and hit the chords, like he like he's just getting progressively more and more worked up and angry yeah, as he's yeah. playing this piano. He's like he's just he's like fighting the piano he's like furiously hitting (laughs) the keys and even the piece
0: itself is incredibly like fast paced and there's so many just scattered notes everywhere and uh yeah it's it's a perfect expression of how his character is especially because like the room surrounding him is honestly very it's just beautiful like it's like this big white room with these really expensive looking couches and all that shit but then here he is just completely angry and unhappy just destroying his piano it's well, uh, and it's great
3: and obviously the diegetic piano that he's playing actually becomes the score as it cross cuts into a montage of them setting up the next homeless man to kill right. the uh right the, the 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 willy carpenter who i realized i actually hadn't seen in a movie since i re- he was recently in uh, brawl and cell block 99 he's the uh, the other homeless vet who they team up with at a certain point oh really oh,
1: okay mm-hmm. no, no shit
3: so he um he is the one where you know we're watching them very tragically set up another opening sequence essentially to this lance Henriksen piano score that's playing and everything like that and that's when he gets his very his very moody speech behind this music of him being like it has always been the privilege of the few to hunt the many and uh, yeah. he's talking he's talking about his time in rio de Janeiro and yugoslavia and now new orleans there's always an unhappy corner of the planet where we can ply our trade is how he says it. (laughs)
1: Well, I mean, like, I, like, in what I said like earlier about like this this vision of like this like hollowed out America, where like you know the poor are just left to be hunted by the rich for fun, as like all you know sort of social services disappear, mm-hmm. like the police can't help you, they're not interested, and then also like you know this focus on, on on the homeless and homeless veterans is just this feeling like like when the um uh, what's his name Willie Carpenter, like when he's trying to like evade um his hunt and he actually kills the guy who's hunting him because I really like that touch of like some rich shithead pays. For for this like you know fantasy experience. And then when it gets down to it, like he can't really do it. And Lance Henderson is like, Christ, he's like, Why couldn't this guy have just gone fishing? Yeah. He's just like, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. on, brother. And like, <laughs> and like the, the the first guy who gets hunted is being like like the guy who's like paid to kill him is like hunting him with a fucking like crossbow. Yeah. It's like some real fucking like like expert level shit. And like this schmuck in like in this scene is is has like a fully automatic, like laser-sighted rifle. <laughs> it's just like it's, no no sport at all it's not not even the deadliest game that he ends and up then, dying uh, yeah. from too which is the funny yeah yeah, yeah he gets killed yeah he gets he gets he gets fucking he gets smoked <laughs> and yeah Lance anderson is like you know, Do you understand now why we insist on payment up front and then they just like <laughs> yeah. execute him but yeah like I as mean, that guy's trying to get away he's like he's like begging for people to help him on the street and like that's the scene with ted ramey where he's like hey buddy i don't have any change or whatever like oh and yeah he's, and, he, and then he. And then he just he gets goes, a like he goes up to someone blist. else,
3: right? And one of the other couples is like, "Get a job or something." <laughs> like they all <laughs> yeah. just they're, they're yeah. ignoring this man literally pleading for his life while you can literally see the people with guns like hunting him down.
1: Like if anyone just yeah, looked up.
3: And like that scene is like
1: really that seems really interesting because like Arnold Vazalu gets a beat on him and then he just like lights him up with like a fucking like automatic machine gun in the middle and of the street. As as, like, as as, in the middle, like in like the middle, of, like a cr- like Bourbon Street, like the, the like like tons of, people of the around. evening, you know, yeah. people are tons of people are out and like as this guy's begging for help, he's like invisible. But then as soon as he dies, everyone is like shrieking and they like they're all like they all notice that he's dead. Yeah, get but, like, help when yeah. when they, they could have <laughs> helped him when they could have helped him. Like he <laughs> just is not a person and like like that's like they're hunting like the homeless yeah. or these like these these non people. People who are invisible to our society. Yeah. And I was just thinking mm-hmm. about how, like, this is, as John Woo's first American movie, and sort of like what I was thinking about in, in the first, because, like, you know, obviously, like, in, in, in his Hong Kong movies, you know, like, in, in, in Chinese society, there's obviously, like, you know, crime and cruelty as well, and there's always this, like, sense of, like, trying to maintain honor in a dishonorable world. Like, you know, how like, how is that possible? Like, even in a mm-hmm. world of criminals, like, like, is there still honor, and, like, is it worth fighting for? But, like, in, in this movie... Like, this vision of America, and, like, I know he didn't write the screenplay, but, like, what comes across in this movie is, like, interesting that he directed it, is, like, a vision of America where, like, there really are no, like, social bonds whatsoever. Like, it's a very distinct feeling, like very different from, like, his Hong Kong crime movies, where it's, like, mm-hmm. there's, like, there's no social cohesion or, like, people don't, like, know or trust each other, yeah. and it's a world and a society entirely dominated by money. And like, like that's the only real thread that like unites American society, and the fact that like Lance Henderson's character is comparing uh, New Orleans in in like the mid to late '90s to like Yugoslavia or some like war torn country where it's like everything is so fucked up that they can just kill people uh, for fun and not have yeah. uh, not have anyone notice is like yeah, this really like damning like really like nasty vision of American culture.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and his style, like that, that impact when he just takes, and, and obviously, you know, John Woo's very known for this, but like those massive squibs that go off when he is shot in the middle and everyone sees it, like it's as violent and brutal and slow and like unbearable as a you know a, a moment as it could possibly be as you're just watching this homeless man like executed in the street uh, while you know everyone chose you know not to help him essentially it's like that that moment definitely sat with me more on this watch than on on previous watches because of just how. Um, Really brutal, um, it it was, and also you know, like obviously John Woo has done things like that before, where where you know there's there's kind of like moments of sort of like innocence being sort of purged in his films, or especially in things like Collateral Damage, like I think about in Hard Boiled, like some of the accidental violence that they dish out, and or in The Killer when he accidentally blinds the singer and stuff like that, and they you know they they kind of it's again it's this this idea that he has in a lot of his films uh, formally where sort of like the heightened Chaos and destruction of what you see on screen is an extension of, you know, sort of like, uh, you know, the, the the characters expressing their feelings. Now, in a lot of his Hong Kong films, I think it, it works. Uh, doubly so because a lot of the characters are also going through this very intense melodrama. Um, the characters who are very skilled at destruction. So if you feel like it's an extension of them in a lot of ways, whereas this definitely feels like he found a way where he kind of saw the point the screenplay was making and he found a way that he could heighten that even further, um, with the filmmaking, but yeah, the, the hunting sequences are like practically horror sequences. Well,
0: yeah, the one um, part I found really violent and and kind of crazy, especially for Wu, is when the guy takes the uh, one of the it's either the bow and arrow or the crossbow or whatever, and he's uh, pointing it at one of the henchmen that's trying to kill him, and he shoots it through a fucking statue and through his. The back of his Road, head, and out yeah. his uh, neck, I believe, and then and yeah. then Wu does this like this shot that kind of circles around him, revealing the 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 arrow that's through his neck and just revealing the wound, and it is pretty brutal, I gotta say. And that's for a henchman, you know, like he really mm. emphasizes just the violence, even on the uh, the bad
3: guys. Yeah, yeah. Well, and and also we talked about too. This r- relates to that moment with the shotgun too, where you know he go mm. he goes up to him in the car and he's like Randall.
1: Yeah, (laughs) you were you were gonna
3: leave without saying goodbye.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Vaslu is like is so like he he really enjoys his work in this movie, both as an actor and then as as a character who you know hunts people for money. Yeah, he's (laughs) loving it. Oh, it's it's so good.
3: (laughs) Yeah, no, their their relationship is so good, and apparently that's a lot of what hit the cutting room floor too. that they Van Damme was like, why? Why are these guys this magnetic performance that these two are putting on? Like this isn't <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the movie is my biceps, sir. <laughs> yeah,
2: and these gams,
3: <laughs> baby. <laughs> but yeah, that 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 shotgun shot that f- flows into what is you know like a like a John Woo gunfight around the cars, really, really. Um, brutal moment where you know like the detective gets out of the car and they they basically pull up at the basically the wrong time and right as you know the the giant brain matter squib is all over the windshield and John uh, they they get the classic uh, John Woo gun handover situation where the detective is taking (laughs) shots and then the detective gets shot and falls and as Van Dam catches her they also he also gets the gun handed to him without missing a a, like a beat he just continues the gunfight while she's falling (laughs) (laughs) And, and 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 this is the moment where you get like some of the big and i mean obviously in the big big finale is where you get like you know this this was the beginning of where you start to see like the big wire pulls and shattered glass and the rolls on the cars and the gun hand transfers like the stuff that you would see in most of his hong kong stuff that he would do incredibly
0: he even has like big those big moments like uh where the heli is after van damme on the motorbike that is crazy
3: because Insane. you know what that is that is absolutely him doing the uh the 70s like burt reynolds bayou oh, chase yeah. stuff oh, yeah i sure. loved being able to see woo do something like that it reminded me it was straight at a gator remember yeah, when they got the the, the 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 boats and stuff like that yeah crazy like watching Wu get to do his usual isms but then so clearly be like oh, oh man i get to also make a western slash like yeah. a burt reynolds slash like uh you know i every kind of american action movie i grew up watching i get to also kind of play in that mold at the
1: same time yeah. really speaking, incredible speaking of woo touches in this movie i totally forgot about like my favorite woo touch in this movie is the gun that he gives Lance Hendrickson is like the single shot, like hand yes. rifle I was gonna is imagine. the exact <laughs> so same cool. gun that mad dog, like the, the best heavy ever and hard boiled rocks at the end of that movie. Yes. It's like a single shot. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, like, 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 uh, like, like shotgun breach style where he like drops in like a fucking, like an elephant bullet, like these fucking huge bullets. Yeah. And it's just like one shot. But like, you know, like that scene read, like they, they, uh, on they the jump on, on like from the on the bridge like onto the train and they're like going yeah. away and Lance Hamilton, like he like he like props it up on his thumb and like yeah. tries to get a bead on them like but he's like he's like he's like a half a second too late so good and I but, love like, yeah, like just they, like the, the, the they, concussive force of that fucking like single shot handgun is so cool
0: yeah and I love that he, like Wu even gives the attention to detail like he like you said he takes it out he, he gives like a weird hand position to rest it on and then even after he decides that he can't take the shot it shows him like unloading the gun, putting the bullet back into his belt, and all of that. It's yeah. just like endlessly okay, but do you, cool. Do you remember?
1: <laughs> do you remember like the, the scene at the very end where he's holding Yancey Butler hostage? And then he's just like he gets Van Damme to put down the shotgun, and then he like he like cocks open his gun, and then he says to Yancey, but he's like, "Load me,
2: yeah, load <laughs> yeah. me." <And> yes. Yeah. <laughs> like,
1: like very like you know like like uh, like hand shaking, like pulls it out of his belt and drops it into his uh into the the, the breach of his enormous handgun. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, so good.
3: <laughs> Hell yeah, yeah, and 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 the one over the bridge—that's right after the bit where he does the stunt. Where he gets on the dirt bike and flips over the car and explodes them both. Right. Which is such an insane fucking stun.
1: Yeah. It's so, it's so ridiculous. Like I can't, I can't
3: believe that Van Damme did that. (laughs) 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 So dangerous. It
0: is like they, uh like, there, that that shot of him rolling over the moving van, it was especially dangerous, and it it didn't even show like a lot of his face in that shot. So I thought even that might be the one that he was like, <laughs> "We can't do this because we're gonna be off of the set for months if I get killed." Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna break his neck rather. and yeah. <laughs> Yeah, man, it's a crazy stunt. Absolutely insane. Yeah,
3: that's definitely one of Wu's like crazier ones, and definitely one of Van Damme's crazier ones too. So watching them both do it, and and even too, just like Van Damme so stoked to have done it, and just going, yeah, yeah, <laughs> right yeah. when he finishes and everything <laughs> like that too. Yeah, but that, but uh, yeah, so the, they're being like officially hunted down at that point, and that leads us to the big final crazy set piece, which is basically it's essentially a 40 minute long set piece that kind of like changes in form, like probably like two or three different times. Yeah. Cause it it starts with him just like, you know, going into uh, the bayou and getting Wilford Brimley, who is uh, speaking again of Burt Reynolds, he's like fucking like um, doing moonshine and whiskey. And as <laughs> Will pointed out, he was like, a good whiskey, make a uh, jackrabbit slap it a bear or whatever.
1: Yeah.
3: <laughs> and I think his, his name is Uncle Duvey. Yeah, Uncle
1: Duvet.
3: Uncle Duvet, right.
0: <laughs> and they give him too, They they have an amazing shot. Of him riding the the horse that he has away from the the fireball, iconic, yeah, dude, and he's and he's like, it's just awesome to see this old guy on horseback. He's 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 got the bow and arrow like above his uh head, and he's just like screaming like a warrior. It's it's the best shit ever. It's so funny.
1: And what the other thing I love about that scene is like. Uh, uh, Chance shows up like like ten minutes prior to that, and he like hasn't seen him in years. He's like, "Oh, the Me, Oh, it's so good to see you!" And then he's just, yeah, he's like, "Yeah, sorry, uncle. Um, we're being hunted for sport right now." And he's like, "Oh, say no more." And <laughs> like within five minutes, the dude's entire property is like wired to explode. Yeah,
2: I, mean, I guess yes. he, just, yes. he just
1: had that ready to go. Yeah, he He's ready. like a sort of backwoods survival type. <laughs> you know, in, c- in, c- in case the fucking the revenue agents pull up on his still, he's just got it wired with dynamite to go up at any moment he's ready to make moves he's like oh are they
2: hunting
3: you for pleasure or for business (laughs) and then he's just like both And (laughs) and just the look on his face where he's just like oh shit and they they get obviously there's these incredible music and push-ins too as he hands him the dusty ass shotgun and there's a close-up of Van Damme just like blowing the dust off of it in the sunlight there's like this him and Brimley are literally looking at each other like longingly with like the shared nostalgia for like this violence that they are about to (laughs)
1: unleash I I love the shotgun scene because he's like I still have your old shotgun and like yeah they take it off the shell and like the funny thing is it's like it's a new like very Sleek like combat shotgun. It's like, yeah, it's not, for, like, it's not for hunting deer or anything like that, but it's like all dusty and shit. And he's like blowing cobwebs off it. But like, similar to the doves, man, in John Wu movies, like, I, nobody nobody has ever made the pump action shoddy like a more like an, an object of like greater power or significance oh, yeah. in movies than john Wu. it's like it, it like it has a religious significance it's like it is it is it is the rod and staff of justice <laughs> and like it's just it's just they're so satisfying just pumping out those shells just the racking it and just fucking oh god just like when someone gets hit with one of those shotgun blasts and they do the wire pull Oh yes. fuck, man! Just, there's so it's, many.
0: Like, there's one it's, part. It's, I think it's
1: godly cinema. Like, it's just it, it, nobody else does shit like that. Like, it's just no one else can come close. I think it's the standoff
0: between Henriksen and Claude uh, or Van Damme, where, where he says like, "Oh, you you brought the wrong tool for the job," because he's got the shotgun and he's holding the girl hostage, and th- they still bring stylization to when he unloads the gun because he just starts cocking it. And it's just like slow-mo of the shells coming out of the thing. Yeah, and yeah. It's just like, it's just constant. It's, there's, even when he's unloading a gun, there's just the coolest stylization you've ever seen in your life. Unbelievable. I love this movie.
3: Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, and even, even too, at this point, like, H- Henriksen has got like a whole team of mercenaries, like, hunting him down. <laughs> being including like, one they're, with they're, an they're awesome all- shirt. <laughs> yeah they're, they're all paying him for like the greatest most dangerous game experience of of their lives and we we, we skipped over one of the craziest moments of van damme punching the fucking rattlesnake oh of course <laughs> how could we forget
2: <laughs> how dare
3: we
0: his he snake, literally he literally just biting, biting knocks off the it out with
3: its fist,
1: with his fist
0: <laughs> and then, then like, bites no. off the rattle Blood and lights all, lights off
1: the rattle, just 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 straight in his mouth. It's a little little bayou, a little bayou booby trap right there. <laughs> yes, and then and the then guy, when, and, when, then, and then yeah. the guy, the hunter just gets it right on his face. It's just like a fucking <laughs> like it's just a snake stuck in this dude's cheek. It's fucking it's so and funny. Then I love
0: Henrikson's reply because the guy's like screaming and he tells his men to die quieter.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is just awesome. <laughs> And what I love about that is like as the hunt progresses and like they keep getting picked off by Van Dam like I said Hendrickson's character just gets he gets more and more pissed. And like, I, you know, these hunters are his clients, you know, like they, they're right. paying like, a, you know, a half million dollars for the right to kill this guy. But like, but at the same time, Lance Edgerton really wants him dead. And as they like are not able to do it, he's like, he's just shitting all over his clients. He's like, you yes. fucking idiots. You're fucking <laughs> worthless. you <laughs> Goddamn babies. He's like, get out there and do it. You know, and then the, the, the guy, that big Swedish dude is like always oh, a heavy in movies. Yeah. He had the, 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 the shirt. The and Hawaiian after Van Damme kills him, he's like sorry about the. Yeah, it's a Dan Flash complicated pattern. T-shirt uh, button up.
3: <laughs> God damn. Yeah, no. the uh, Henderson gets some great lines there where he's like, he's an annoying little fucking insect and I want him <laughs> stepped on hard. Or what's the yeah. other yeah. one he gets to? He's like, I will fuck you and then I will eat you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was saying he's like, there's not a country on the planet. I haven't fired a gun in. (laughs)
2: Yeah.
3: (laughs) One of my my personal favorite is when the one dude really fucks up and they let Will uh, Wilford Brimley get away uh, riding on horseback away from the giant fireball. Just fantastic image. And it's followed up by Lance Hendrickson, like blown away that they couldn't, you know, get like this little this this little stocky little Cajun man who was <laughs> yeah. just like, you know, just uh, fucking with them. And he just goes, you are a fucking Buffalo, <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah.
3: <laughs> which is, which is almost as good as his, uh, some of the stone cold lines that he gets in that movie with, uh, oh um, God, with, Boz. Uh, Boz, with the boss where one of my favorite lines he's ever delivered. The, this is either going to be the biggest pork chop I ever ate or my bulldozer. <laughs> definitely the buffalo line gets get gets gets close to that hendrickson loved doing that kind of stuff there's something yeah, about- at this point it's literally a chase through the bayou with just tons of like over-the-shoulder machine gun fire and grenade launchers and so many bullets and gun cocking and they eventually end up at an abandoned factory just filled with mardi gras uh parade yeah. stuff yeah like I, again, it was just uh i I was not sure about uh that detail, but it definitely was very visually interesting, which might be explanation enough.
0: Yeah, I mean, it makes sense just because I guess they're they're basing it in New Orleans, so somewhere there would be Mardi Gras floats flying around. I guess <laughs> it's
1: just it's just like, where, well, where Mardi Gras fo- floats go to die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. when, you know, yeah, when it's not when it's not Mardi Gras season, I mean, like everybody knows they just they store all the Mardi Gras shit in and some an abandoned- fucking abandoned factory in the bayou, in the <laughs> exactly. fucking swamp.
0: Speaking of the floats, I actually almost forgot about this detail, but I really love when Henriksen is can't see Van Dam and Van Dam is kind of talking to him uh, while he's hiding, and so it does all these shots of of Henriksen kind of like like spinning around and looking at all the individual float heads that are creeping him out a little bit. So he starts shooting them with his gun and just blowing yeah. them up. <laughs> it's fucking that's yeah. amazing
3: well and just all the way van damme dispatches henchmen this i mean this is obviously where we get the great one of the greatest moments in the film where he grabs he kills a dude and grabs his gun and doesn't have enough time to flip the gun to hold it normally (laughs) so he holds it upside down and uses his finger to pull the trigger upside down and he shoots this dude like 15 times in the chest yeah and then to cap it off he kicks the cigar out of his mouth (laughs) like the dude is dead he's falling already and van damme roundhouse kicks the cigar out of his mouth which is just it's so unnecessary and that's
0: when he apologizes for his for ruining his shirt i think as well
3: yeah and then that's also when he turns around and he uh shoots more guys who are aiming up at him but they're popping out like it's like a -a whack-a-mole carnival situation he just keeps shooting them as they pop up
0: oh man and I love that with Hendrickson's character at the very end, like like uh Will, you were saying how he's just kind of um like relentless and, and gets angrier and angrier, even in the moment where you think like, okay, he's he's done and he would accept defeat at this point, he doesn't accept it until the very, very end when he realizes the spark still hit the fuse and he just gives yeah. a oop.
2: <laughs> and then <they're>
0: like to <laughs> explode. I love that it's like the one part of his acceptance where he's like, "All right, I finally made it. I'm I'm here. Here's death."
3: Well, yeah, dude. Th- think think about how hard he was still being while he was on fire.
0: Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> he's not even screaming. There's a shot of him looking just dead-eyed at Van Damme while he's on fire.
2: It's fucking amazing. <laughs>
3: He's just slowly taking his on fire jacket off, <laughs> making sure that the, you know, while the while the men are Ugh. are trying to get him. Meanwhile, Van Dam is like doing flips and shit, dodging grenades and flipping between floats, and there's yep. these huge spaghetti western zooms on eyes and things like that while they're doing the the combat that they're doing. And yeah, my God. Just amazing. What a like really just like crazy finale. I mean shit, we didn't even get to the <laughs> He, uh, Van Damme rides in
1: on a giant pelican <laughs> in the middle of the action scene. The pelican is of course on the state flag of Louisiana. It's like, yes, we're a very, very important bird to the, uh, the bio. <laughs> I didn't know that.
3: That's a great detail. That makes it even more important. that Van Damme yes. Does that while riding in to fuck these guys up and,
2: oh uh, my God. It,
3: shoot them in 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 various speeds and obviously this leads to like the big like, iconic stuff that everyone knows of like van damme running through like the double glassed area while he's having like the uh, the showdown with with arnold and they're both dual wielding and shooting at each other through the glass which climaxes in like the big moment which you've seen in like every action movie since where yeah. they go wall to wall in a symmetrical shot with the wall taking up the middle of the frame and reload. The only time and you'll ever see a reload in a John Woo movie. <laughs> the one time, yes. Yeah, sa- it's saved for the dramatic beat, right? Exactly. Like, uh, exactly. they don't need to do it otherwise. Nope. Um, <laughs> yeah, and then Van Dam, you know, again, like, he, he's like diving through the shattered glass shooting people point blank in the chest with two guns uh there's that bit where he slides underneath and shoots up at arnold to kill him as arnold falls onto him and he holds him up i believe with his foot while grabbing the grenade that arnold was about to throw at him while his body (laughs) goes limp yep just crazy action details that like no one else would put in a movie yeah beat after beat you you can't even break it all down it would take too long because the opening or the the closing set piece is literally like 30-40 minutes long and it's just nothing but insane detail like that of just like Sparks and blood and fog machines love and sweat the, uh, and s- low angles and speeding up and slowing down, just crazy. The,
0: the motorcycle helmet part where he sees the guy that has the cigar in his mouth, his reflection in the, in the yes the, the helmet, and then that's how he starts to fight. Yeah, there's a, just a ton of uh, awesome detail in the action sequences.
3: Yep, yep. Well, I, 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 and also I forgot um, Van Damme. Uh, he slowly gets undressed over the course of this movie, which is a great touch. Um, he in in the the big car action sequences when he pulls off the duster to put on to reveal the uh, the denim the denim shirt underneath, and then in the final set piece he takes off the denim shirt to put the grenade in it to use it as a blunt swinging tool, <laughs> which feels incredibly dangerous. Yeah, to definitely, me. definitely but risky business may- right there yeah maybe not for van dam i guess but yes yeah, so and then as 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 will already alluded to this all ends up in like a final big showdown between Henriksen and van dam and there's some some great little you know visual details like Henriksen hiding out in the uh, the sort of like double planed glass area and we see him like rise up in the reflection while brimley and uh, the 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 woman who's searching for her father both show up um yeah. And yeah, he takes her hostage and he's holding the, the gun at her and asking her to load him while, and you, you know, you get slow mo shots of her reaching into his belt to grab the one in the chamber bullets and, and of Van Dam cocking the shotgun and just yeah. crazy.
0: And Van Dam is, is just very confident in his legs and he knows that he can take on a gun. He's faster, he's faster than a bullet, baby. Because <laughs> he just runs straight at uh, Henriksen when he loads that one shot. He's just like, well, yep. I got my legs, drop kicks him,
3: saves the day. Yep, they, they at one point uh, exchange blows with an on-fire two-by-four that they're holding with their hands. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, to, to Will's point, too, earlier, too, it's a very interesting kind of final moment that Henriksen gets to where he um, he said, uh, you know, her, I understand, this was family, but you had nothing in common with these people. And that that's his kind of like, like why are you involved in this? Why have you ruined my life? Like, I was just going to leave here and go to the next place. No, they- and there is...
1: Van Damme's response is so good because he's like he says he's like the poor get bored too, so he's just like like I'm, yeah, I'm uh, doing this because like I'm for the same kicks that you are, but you're being hunted now. Yes, <laughs> hunting so season
3: is over. That's <laughs> That's <right. laughs> I think is what he says, and he punches him with the grenade and drops the grenade into his pants and he just turns him into mulch. And they eventually find that Brimley was actually um, who I think at one point gets uh gets shot but his flask was pierced which obviously protects protects him Absolutely. And he gets the uh he gets the great uh I tell this turkey he no kill this eagle <laughs> <laughs> alcoholism <laughs> saves the day and obviously iconic choice they all get up and they start walking away into the bayou to credence clearwater revivals
1: born on the bayou yes love
3: it <laughs> born on the bayou so good
1: in- incredible. Almost, as good, almost as good me. as, almost as good as the closing uh, musical number at the end of uh, Double Team. Yes. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> which speaking of which we should get to. So let's get to the reductive rating round on this one. Uh, hard Target for me gets a gets a very, very um, high four. I think that this is, again, this is yeah. the story is very light and maybe a little, you know, a tiny bit more shallow than what you would expect of some of his Hong Kong stuff, like his masterpieces that we've talked about. Things like Bullet in the Head, Hard Boiled, Killer, um, you know, which had which have a, a, a lot to say, I think, culturally about, you know, what the kind of things that he was making there and some of the conversations he was having on honor and crime. And, you know, also the way too, that he was, um, because he was able to write a lot of them, the way that he was able to get the characters to kind of express themselves through action, which obviously he absolutely has happened here and and he does, but it's just like, you know, when, when the, when you're writing from the point of view of that's how, you know, you're going to shoot it. I think you can get a little bit further with it, but the style here is incredible and it's such a blast just watching him have a blast like he was very clearly like you know i get my chance to make you know to do a little bit to throw a little western elements throw a little bit of sort of like a bayou chase movie in there american revenge movie and just make it as excessively stylish at any given moment until it's you know it's essentially it's a work of art and john claude van damme he is uh, an athletic performer who can match the hugeness of Wu's. Style. Yeah. He is someone who can actually physically do a lot of the things that you know Wu would probably have to fake other people doing. And yeah, he just really goes for it and goes as crazy as possible. Van Dam punches the snake. He talks with doves. Um, <laughs> you know, he he is uh, he is one with his bayou and the impoverished New Orleans community that is being stripped for parts and bodies by by the rich. And uh, he solves that problem by, uh, you know, kicking dudes in the nuts on motorcycles, having his moonshiner uncle charge on horseback and get people (laughs) through the throat with uh, bow and arrow. Uh, So many stunt guys on fire and squibs on chests and roundhouse kicks to the throat and face. Sometimes all three of those being done simultaneously. I feel like there's some sort of record uh, for (laughs) this movie there. But yeah. In the end, for me, it's just an absolute masterclass in the staging of stunts and the musicality of shooting um, and cutting and choreography and everything. And yeah, Van Damme and Wu are match made in... in heaven for you oh, know, yeah. being able to do that. My only dream is that eventually we do get to see the uh, two hour director's cut Yes, uh, that that supposedly features just more uh, Henriksen and basically makes him a co-lead. I, I wonder if that version of the movie actually has a little bit more um, of the, you know, the, the sort of most dangerous game sort of social commentary element that, you know, Will was kind of bringing up.
0: Yeah, I could see that, uh, that two hour version honestly elevate this to the five possibly. Cause the, for me, it's just like the stylization of Wu. I am in love with, you know, it, it's just, it, it's incredible to watch. Uh, he, he just heightens action to such a degree that I, I don't think I've seen it from really any other filmmaker. Um, and yeah, I just, I, I love this. It's really just the shallow script that gets me from giving it that, that five, but just the, the, everything is so awesome in this. Like Henriksen is one of the just coolest Character actors that, especially in the '90s, like watching him do this and watching him in uh, uh, the uh, uh, Stone Cold. Like it, it's just he—he's so entertaining and so cool, just naturally. Um, uh, yeah, I'm. I'm yeah.
3: excited. Eventually, I think we're gonna do Near Dark sometime this year, which he oh, is nice. so fun in. Oh yeah,
1: awesome. Oh, That's
2: yeah. awesome.
0: <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't have much to add. I just I love Wu, and this is just woo all over the place. So I uh, uh, this is a four out of five for me, a really high one.
3: Hell yeah. For you, Will.
1: Uh, You know what? I got to go five out of five with this one. I mean, this is just just like (laughs) this to me like is the is the height of like 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 the 90s decade of action movies. This is, I think, John Woo's best American movie. And I got to say, I pretty much love all of John Woo's American movies, like even some of the shittier ones. But uh, yeah, like this movie is just like the perfect like East meets West synthesis. I, I adore every moment of it.
3: Yep. No, definitely. I, I I definitely love that. Uh, you know, you're you're watching an, an Eastern filmmaker. You know, use all of these Western detail in not, and even just obviously in the detail of the script, but also in the imagery. I still think that I I don't know that there will be a Van Dam moment that surpasses um, his thigh being filmed like it's a cowboy revolver in a Leone movie or something. Like that's so <laughs>
0: unbelievable, insane to
3: me. <laughs> yeah, insane. But yeah, I think that'll wrap it up for uh, Hard Target here. We're going to be right back, and we're going to be talking about Double Team.
2: Does your hair change color when you sweat. Oops, airball. You need practice, man. But I'll never miss twice, brother.
3: Jean-Claude Van Damme. Dennis Rotman.
2: They don't play by the rules. Sorry
1: double team who does your hair Siegfried or Roy no hair jokes
2: today okay
3: all right we are back and uh, we are talking double team the 1997 American action comedy film directed by Choi Hark in uh, as well as John Wu in his American directorial debut starring Jean-Claude Van Damme Jean-Claude Van Damme just he he had the numbers on all the Hong Kong filmmakers and he wanted to work with them and um, but uh, double team is an insane movie that I don't even know where to actually begin describing. Yeah. It's um, nuts. I'm going to try and hold us a little bit closer to following the plot on this one. Um, just because uh, it's, 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 it's insane. It, it's actually kind of like three or four different movies yes. uh, back to back. And it never stops to breathe for even a second. It's only 90 minutes long. Um, <laughs> And yeah, I mean, it it opens with Jean Claude Van Damme, who has a, um, he's playing a agent Jack Quinn, who is a counter terrorist agent. Um, who has this uh, arch enemy uh, by this, of this terrorist named Stavros played by Mickey
1: Rourke. Oh yeah. By the way, I got to say like at every moment in this movie where they're just like, Quinn, you've got to come back. It's Stavros. You're the only (laughs) one who can track Stavros. Stavros is going to sell a nuke to the Iraqis. I was just of course thinking about come town Stavi the entire time. Yes. Every time they (laughs) said Stavros. I I, I, I kept thinking about a large (laughs) Greek man
3: that (laughs) Jean-Claude Van Damme had to beat up. (laughs) <laughs> but it, but it turns out it was it was Mickey Rourke who was in in the part of his uh phase where he was kind of just looking like a little bit like Bruce Willis. Uh, but he was very jacked uh in this movie and apparently really he got Jerry fit and did a lot of action training for this because he knew he actually did want to fight Jean-Claude in in the big finale which he does. But yes this movie has a has a very weird tone to it that it's it's very uh, goofy and funny like obviously very in- intentionally but it's also yes. doing like a little bit of mission impossible slash face-off kind of sci-fi spy movie craziness
1: basically yeah. <laughs> and let's not let's that not forget kind of- like like a third of the movie is just blatantly ripped off from the patrick mcguin tv show the prisoner <laughs> i haven't even seen that. Is i haven't is seen it? that no Okay. Oh yeah. No. I mean, like, like the the colony, like that section of the movie is just a okay. plot of this of this cult TV series starring Patrick McGowan called The Prisoner. <laughs> okay. I didn't know that. Th- th- that it's was like, definitely, yeah, it's definitely the an weirdest island. detour it's like, yeah, it's like for an me. island populated by uh, like former secret agents who are like all, yeah. It's it, it's a great show. You should check it out. But I mean, yeah, like like that's just that's just lifted like it's just that element of the plot is lifted directly out of The Prisoner, which I thought was great. Yeah, that's interesting. <laughs>
3: Damn, damn. Well, I I definitely, you know, very early on, um, I was like, holy shit, Choi Hark is going off. Beautiful Dutch angles and colors and these wide compositions of people falling off bikes and cars exploding. Then there's a part early on where they're, like, I think it's supposed to be Mickey Rourke uh, is like stealing plutonium in a truck, but he 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 does it by trying to hop over a train. And instead of clearing the train, he just rips through a moving train <laughs> with the
1: car. <laughs> yeah. uh, that, that was Van Dam. That was Jack Quinn. Oh, that last was Van Dam. That was Jack Quinn's last mission before he re- before he, re- he retires to the south of France. Ah, oh, yes, uh, he's, it, he,
0: right. He's re- trying to retrieve a truckload of plutonium, of course.
3: Yes, which he yes, yeah. so he so he actually got that back from Stavros, who previously stole yes, it. Yes, <laughs>
2: yes, that's it.
3: But 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 his dream is to just live in in, in the southern France uh, Belgium location uh, with, with with all the beautiful mountains and his beautiful wife by his pool, that's where right. uh, he gets to be like your damn cow is in the way. <laughs> I think is what he says. He's an artist. Um, yeah, she's
1: a, she's a, she's a, uh, yeah, like a, she does scu- she does modern art sculptures, and he's like yeah yeah your swan is beautiful i I love it and it's just like some pile of sticks or
3: something (laughs) but it turns out that stavros is back so they come out of they they bring him out of retirement to take down mickey rourke who uh is basically they do that that scene from face-off where whose whose kid dies in the opening of face-off
0: It's uh, a John
3: Travolta's Travolta's John Travolta's kid. kid. Yeah. So they basically do that scene, but you're on the opposite side where you're trying to kill the guy. (laughs) Yeah. And they, and and they go to like this, like uh, this, this little like amusement park where there's like scary clowns and like really strange colors and, and, and angles and everything like that. And I was surprised to see that like, you know, there's like, characters wearing purple raincoats and Van Damme like looking down like orange thermal scope and there's a lot of focus on this tiger that's in a cage <laughs> uh, which we will come back to much later. Yeah, we will. Um, but they but they don't... Uh, I, I think what happens here is he doesn't, he doesn't take the shot because he doesn't want to harm the kid and he doesn't want... Maybe also he doesn't want to kill him in front of the kid. Yeah. He feels a moment of empathy for the Stavros character who is this brutal terrorist and that moment of empathy... Is uh, unfounded, unfortunately, because Stavros, despite being at an amusement park with his kid, he's ready to go- to show down within f- literally two seconds of seeing like the tiger spot the sniper scope, and then <laughs> instantly he's got pistols and grenades and he's throwing them everywhere in front of his kid. Yeah, <laughs> and, and like and, all and, all half the, and like half them. of
1: it. The- and like half of the people in the amusement park are like walking around wearing masks, and like when shit goes down, they just all pull out machine guns and just start spraying yeah. bullets. So you start yes. having um, shots um, like,
0: of people on the rides too that are shooting at Van Dam and shit like that. It's it's yeah, really it's, it's funny. awesome.
1: But like uh, before that, when he's like uh, like he's like kidding up with like the Delta Force, they're like, "This is Delta One. Forget you ever saw him." And then like he's like, uh, "Which one of you has my dead eye?" And of course, he had to. I mean, like uh, Dennis Rodman's character is introduced prior to this because he has to go buy guns from Dennis Rodman, who's like. Right. He's like he's like the world's coolest arms dealer who like <laughs> owns and operates a fetish club in Antwerp. Yeah, yes. and he's In like so we, 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 pants with
3: scuba SM strippers.
1: Yeah, and yeah, like midriff
0: so showing, like tight pink shirts and stuff. Like his wardrobe in this is unreal. Oh God,
1: it's it's out of control. I mean, I, I guarantee you, these are all Dennis Rodman's like real clothes. Oh, like I don't yeah. think they had like a costume designer. They're like Dennis, cause you just bring like fifteen different outfits and hairstyles, <laughs> yeah. and we'll take care of the rest. <laughs> but yeah like but, the, but right before like the showdown with Mickey Rourke at the amusement park there's a great Van Damme line of just like like top tier screenwriting where like he's briefing the Delta Force on um, like you know like we're you know we're, we got, we're going to take Stavros alive like you know but you got to be careful and he goes he goes he is like a snake if you look at him in the eyes, he will get you in the back and it's like what? I don't <laughs> like, it, like doesn't make sense. It's like such a funny line. It's like if you look at a snake in the eyes, they'll get you in the back. And it's like, okay, how, how, did, how does that so work? So true. So yeah. true. <laughs> but, yeah, like, yeah, like just, just an, just an old thing ancient you, uh, Chinese want- proverb. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just one thing I, I wonder if you guys clocked in like in, in the scene where uh like you know like the shit goes down at the amusement park and then Van Damme and uh, uh Mickey Rourke fight in like a maternity ward of a hospital is Mickey Rourke is wearing the highest high tops i have ever seen he has like <laughs> i did not he, see that he he's wearing like go back and check it again he's wearing like the wildest looking sneakers i have ever seen like they're these big like white basketball shoes but they go up like, <laughs> they're like boots they like almost go up like like half his calf and like the top half is like just unlaced it's some pretty serious trip but uh <laughs> the other part i really like is when like mickey rourke is like he's like let me tell you something mr He's like I killed a lot of people as you know an international terrorist he's like yeah I've killed lots of people but all those bastards deserved it he's like but you killed my son so this is personal to me, and he's like, "Oh, like killing a kid, buddy. That's the one thing you don't do." And then he like he kicks like a bassinet, like one like the the maternity ward, like like babies, like it's like on wheels. Like he kicks the fucking bed at Van Dam, but like put a grenade, like a fucking grenade, grenade with the pin pulled out, in the like right next to the baby. Yeah. he's just like he's yes. he's really offended that someone would kill his kid, but he's ready to fucking <laughs> just throw a baby with a grenade at Van Dam and like. In, like two Two minutes after that—that's, I think,
0: when you get. Doesn't he? Does he grab the the baby after he throws the nade, and you get the slow mo explosion and dive that Van Dam does with the child? I thought he actually was holding the baby.
3: Yeah, I, 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 think, I think so, I think so. Um, Regardless, it's I, hilarious I, and amazing. This, I'll be honest, the scene was so crazy to me, I couldn't even take notes fast enough because I was, <laughs> I was blown away by one. Obviously, he's doing a little bit of a hard boiled thing where they have the, you know, the maternity ward in the middle of the action scene and everything like that, which I thought was a, a cool, you know, homage to John Woo. But then also, there's some. Uh, crazy style traits because we've talked about Choi Hark before, and probably the one of the craziest movies we've ever talked about on the show was Green Snake. Oh, yeah. That movie's movie. so good. That movie's so good. Yeah, and, and and so his style is different from Wu's in the sense that, you know, Wu he has a sense of controlled chaos in his frames. And Choi Hark, uh, especially at least in this film, I might need to watch more to get more of a, you know, kind of what he was consistently into. Yeah. But there is so much stylistic experimentation here in ways that Wu wouldn't even think of doing. Like, there's a transition in here where um, Van Damme is looking over at the babies and he's obviously concerned about the safety of these babies while he's about to fight Mickey Rourke. And someone opens the blinds and the blinds open up to reveal all of the babies in there, but it's also a dissolved shot. So the blinds actually open up Van Damme's face. So it's like Van Damme is a picture on these blinds that gets opened to <laughs> look at the babies. And I've just never seen anything like that before. And I was just like, that is such just an, like an odd style choice connecting these two. Yeah. And yeah, that's, that's what outside of, you know, doing like really crazy, you know, uh, set pieces, you know, kind of, connects what you know from you know what what Hong Kong was doing with their action films because obviously there's some similarities in the amount of slow mo and explosions and destruction and you know how it's all tangibly rendered by these filmmakers but there were some interesting ways that Choi Hark was doing stuff you know differently than woo. And that definitely extends to, you know, some of the, uh, of eventual action scenes, including one that was guest choreographed by Sam o. hung. And I can guarantee oh, you by just, by just saying that you probably know which one it is, <laughs>
1: <laughs> but if not, we'll get to it. I mean, it's just like the, like the, the, how kinetic the style in this movie is. And like, just the everything but the kitchen sink, like sort of a visual grammar of the movie, but also oh, like yeah. just like the, the insane use of color and just like uh, the way, like the way I to, like the way this movie describes to me. And like, I think it's like so spot on is like, this is the only movie that really looks and feels like the Jim Lee run on the X-Men in like the nineties. It, it just has okay. that same, uh, like, I don't know, like that that same sense of color and action and just like, mm. like hyper, hyper reality.
3: Yeah. Yeah, I mean this movie is definitely hyperactive and and energetic in a way that is very um you unique and obviously very odd in all of the like writerly detail because I think like at, at that point that's
1: when he ends up on the island, right? The He's colony observing. yeah. Like he, it's just like like the like he he saves the baby from the grenade and then he wakes up and he's like in what appears to be like a hotel room in this like nice resort but no this is the colony this is like it's an island and where they take um spies that are too deadly to just like let be out in the world who are like you know like their relatives are told they're dead but um, like they've been retired to this island that's like a that's like a sort of a, a government think tank where like all the world's best spies from like all the different international organizations are like have retired here and they can like hang out by the swimming pool but then they gotta like clock in at like the intelligence think tank uh, uh, observatory once yeah. a day and they have to like use their thumbprint to like scan in every day or else they'll be killed or something like that.
3: Yeah, it's it's basically like uh, they take all the James Bonds of the world and they make them. Like- like the precogs and minority report, essentially. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) They, 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 they have them clock in and, 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 and put their, their hands onto the machine and they just show them, you know, uh, the acts of terrorism or war and they have them use their expertise and basically consult to, you know, figure out what's, uh,
1: yeah, they go from being cool badass spies to being like office consultants and analysts, which uh, which kind of sucks. But then, of course, um, in in his consulting work, uh, Van Dam, uh, like, there's a terrorist incident. And they're like, you know, oh, like, uh, zoom in, computer enhance, and of course, like, it's Stavros sending a message to Van Dam that he has kidnapped <laughs> his pregnant wife and is going to yes, like sort of like his like butterfly. He's going to even the scales here, you know, and he's like, and like the Nestor Van Dam's like, oh, I got to, I got to break out of this island. And there's an amazing scene where he like, uh, just uh, an amazing training montage of yes. Like w- working out. I was out like, how is he going to
3: escape this place using his <laughs> splits and his thighs? He'll find a way.
1: Oh, oh boy, <laughs> this does he? And like, he like works out with <laughs> items that are only found in his little like bungalow. He's, he's like weightlifting with the bathtub and like just doing all kinds <laughs> of like stretching and splits.
0: I, I like his but, breath control uh, exercise where he waits until yeah. a sig burns out and that's his timer. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, so like he just does this whole like elaborate like uh, thing where he uses like one of those drinking birds to like press his thumbprint that he cut off his finger onto to the an
3: eraser. Thing. To
2: yeah, onto the yeah, yeah. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah. And 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 he has to escape uh, like underwater lasers,
1: like an old school Bond movie that
3: are like, like timed some or goopy. something
1: too. Well, I, I mean like one when they, one thing I love about this movie, like whether it's just the existence of the colony period or the existence of the underwater lasers or the techno monks is that like, it doesn't explain anything. No, no leaves not It leaves to the all. audience yeah. to like, just decide for themselves. like, oh yeah, it's the techno monks. This yeah, is the, this thing. Is the world real. we live in. Yeah, it's so yeah. bizarre.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, 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 uh, the, the techno uh, monks also uh, watch porn. <laughs> and uh, he, he left it open on his browser. He did uh, a Kurt Eichenwald uh, moment. <laughs> and I was like, damn, okay. This was this was clearly an issue even for these uh, underground guys. And obviously all the location work in this is kind of incredible just in general. Like this is actually oh, like yeah. a globe-trotting espionage thing, but it's just so colorful and kind of in- insane. Because how does Van Damme escape this place? He, he, he extracts himself... Uh, on some sort of cargo.
1: Yeah, like that- it's just like, like, like they have like every other week, they like, they like a cargo plane drops out of the back of it, like supplies for the island and picks up, yeah. like, and like, and like with, with like one of those like hooks, like picks up out of the water stuff that they're sending to the out of the out of the world. So Van Dam like dives off a cliff like, into the water. <laughs> when the lasers and is able are like, off
0: at that point. And yeah, right? like when the,
1: yeah, exactly. He evades the lasers and, like, gets out of the water before the laser protection grid uh, is turned back on and, like, hitches a ride by, like, being picked up with, like, it's just, like, a piece of cargo, like, by this, like, military fucking, this giant airplane and it's just sort of whisked away into the air to uh, save his wife. Uh, but in order to do so, he has to turn to the one man, that he knows will have his back. And that's Dennis Rodman, the dude he met like a couple days ago.
3: <laughs> yes. I mean, oh, so, so, so funny watching uh, Van Damme do like a, like a cliffhanger level stunt where he's like hanging off the back of the plane and he's asking the dudes nicely if they have parachutes before <laughs> kicking them out of the plane.
0: <laughs> yeah, that was good. That was good.
3: But yes, then 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 there's Rodman shows up in his in his silver crop top, his yellow crotch rocket. He's got like <laughs> clown hair, in in this scene, uh, and he's gonna get him some mean toys, and oh, yeah. uh, because 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 he he looks at Van Damme and he sees nothing but trouble. But what the hell, he likes trouble, <laughs> I think <laughs> is what he says.
1: And we and we get a lot of like the the ongoing like back and forth like basketball jokes between them, and it's like even though it's like they like, they he, like parachute like, in a basketball yeah yeah never really references <laughs> yeah there's some big like uh, yeah but like when, when he's buying guns with him Van Damme goes uh, offense wins games and then, and then of course Robin looks and he goes yeah but defense wins championships and you're like oh I know that he, he's yeah. NBA defensive player of the year to five years running yeah, he's like the, one, the greatest defensive player of all time yeah. the best defense is a great offense <laughs> it's unbelievable yeah.
0: that's like a motivating line in this film it's hilarious
3: well yeah there's one part too where they use Dennis Rodman's actual size in the filmmaking and there's a part where like he's dodging a he's dodging a dude trying to shoot him on the other side of a car and he literally reaches over the top of the car and picks him up and throws the dude and then he says something along the lines of like that's a five pointer (laughs)
2: yeah.
0: yeah that's something I did like like I, Rodman is obviously not the best uh, performer by any by any means but he's just such a big dude so when you do see him in these action sequences I think they utilized him pretty well because uh, most of the time he's just kind of like Throwing himself at these people, or just tossing them into glass, or tossing them into the wall, or whatever—he's just really using his size and power. So uh, th- those scenes really work for Rodman, I think. Whereas,
3: well, you know, I, I, I was gonna say too, for for being filmed in action scenes that are filmed as wide as Hong Kong filmmakers too, he doesn't embarrass himself at all. No, there's a there's a scene yeah, in the in the Colosseum where he fights like three dudes at once, and like he's a little lanky and awkward with some of the yeah, choreography, a little bit. But like he's throwing those kicks and punches and stuff like well and, oh, yeah. and you know and he's flipping people and, and he's having yeah. fun i can tell <laughs> yeah what, what does van damme call him a, a, a giant carrot with earrings <laughs> yeah i think is what I he, think
0: so because
3: there's there's also that part where he gets in the one the one car that they go in in france and he has to like stick his head through the roof in order to drive it like he's driving like a mini car he's driving <laughs> like a little a little tiny guy Oh, i this was, I, I
0: don't think we would have, we would have uh, thought of it, but that one part where, uh, and it's, it's for like five seconds, but they get into disguises and, and Van Dam is dressed as like this,
1: like Afro
0: frilly haired rock
2: star guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that yes. was that
1: so funny. so
0: funny, man.
1: He's oh got dreads God, and a man. nose ring and like <laughs> little sunglasses. It's, 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 it's awesome. That
0: reveal shot of them just sitting together in their disguises. I laughed so hard. I thought that was so funny.
1: Yeah, and like, that, and Rod that and Rodman's sick. disguise is just wearing a suit. Yeah, like he's yes, like, like just he's, be, he's just being be dressed a like a normal
3: guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and and that's the the big set piece where, like, you know, he he ominously received like a uh, like a picture of of the sonogram of his son or whatever because he's kidnapped his pregnant wife. And I'm I'm not a hundred percent clear exactly is he saying that. I'm going to kill you and your wife and raise your son. Or is he threatening the son? I couldn't exactly remember uh, what it was that, that Mickey Rourke was I like, I think he was, to- I
1: think, I think he's going to steal his son. Cause like he lost yeah. his son, but so he wants his son to play with ponies <laughs> yeah. or whatever. And I was like, <laughs> there Mickey Rourke on. And he's like, my boy, there's nothing he loved more than riding his little pony. He's like, yeah, He goes, that pony's going to miss him. <laughs> <laughs>
3: so good so good and then yeah watching van dam in like his nose ring and choker and like dirty <laughs> hoodie and stuff I have to do like this set piece in like uh are, are are they in are they in france or italy for this one i can't I, remember i think they're name. in
1: rome they're, they're in rome at this point already rome.
3: okay because that's where they do the big thing where there's like there's like machine gun fire being shot by like horseback riders. And there's like agents everywhere and they're like shooting into crowds of people. This is definitely one of the more like um, violent sequences that take place in the film. Because the the early fighting, I was surprised it wasn't quite as um, like bloody or squibby uh, as obviously like uh, Hard Target is with so much of, of its death. But this one definitely got to some of that that place. And it also has some ridiculousness of like Jean-Claude Van Damme, like instead of hijacking a car, he hijacks like a bride's horse carriage. (laughs) (laughs) And obviously uh, Rodman is throwing dudes over cars and talking about five pointers. Uh, one dude uh, comes up to him. Who's he, he starts firing a machine gun through his briefcase all the way up like a spiral staircase. And, and this is the one sequence by the way, that is uh, co choreographed by Sam oh hung. Yeah, okay. The legendary um, action director and actor who worked a lot with Jackie Chan, uh, the set piece in the hotel. Where, where the they're guy is like flipping like, chairs at each other, and, and there's like, the and, one and, and dude the, who kicks his shoes off at
1: him, and then and then and then like and then wields a switchblade like in his toes. Yes, crazy. Oh, it, it's yeah, definitely like yeah. the most insane Hong Kong
3: action set piece that's actually in the film. Is this one fight with this dude, and that's how you can tell it's absolutely Sammo Hung's touch of like, what if a dude. He's wearing shoes, right? And then he kicks the shoes at a guy as a weapon. And then with his toes, he activates the switchblade.
0: Yeah, I also just love the thought that they got another dude who uses kicks as his primary weapon to go (laughs) against
3: Van Damme. Just a great touch yeah you and 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 it's filmed very well you get these amazing wide shots of those two guys like jumping and kicking at each other and some really great rhythm it's like actually the one full-out martial arts fight that takes place in yeah. the film because no one else can really fight as well as van damme like you have rodman and you have uh mickey Rourke, who kind of tries but i have a feeling that he didn't get uh as skilled as he had hoped because they do his his is definitely the most like close-up and choppy hand fight
1: that well, there is I mean, in it, the film mickey, mickey Rourke's a boxer okay he, yes he's easy <laughs> he's a student he's a student of the sweet science he's not a martial artist he's a pugilist that's right there
3: you go there you go exactly exactly but that does not make the final set piece that they eventually get to like any less crazy no it's awesome when when
1: they, when they go to they fight okay like they they the, the final showdown is in the colosseum it's at, yes. it was actually filmed in uh, one of the old roman roman amphitheaters in in arles in the south of france but yes. it's supposed to be it's supposed to be in the colosseum and Mickey Rourke is like arranged for like the perfect final showdown with with Quinn Van Dam. The and imagery like,
3: that he has planned as a character is so yeah. insane. And like like
1: he's planted mines, which are like, <laughs> like uh, denoted by crosses, like on on the uh, like all, all over the the ground that they're gonna fight. And then releases a tiger like fucking gladiator so like, yeah, he has yes. to fight a tiger and avoid landmines at the same time. And, the and, and, and then you have the baby a in thing.
3: like the, the little carriage in oh, the
1: right. middle yes, of the yes. Coliseum and then the baby. You have, you have to get to the baby by going through the tiger minefield. <laughs> and i love and mickey rourke by the way
3: for no reason is just shirtless in this scene
1: and yo, i mean yeah because like i i think he just requested like he's like look i i got really diesel for this movie like yeah. i would just like i want a nice long sequence of just me shirtless in the big <laughs> yes. climax in the movie yeah but but it's so funny when van damme shows up at that coliseum and it's just mickey rourke
3: shirtless sweating by being himself like, okay waiting. there's a baby in the middle of this coliseum minefield and a tiger goat and, like, that's how that scene starts. There like is it's, something, it, it just
0: hits you out of nowhere. There is something really funny about him already having his shirt off, I will say. like Yes, out. it's already out. started. He, he doesn't take it
3: off because he means business. It's already <laughs> yeah, off before he gets there. It's already off,
0: ready to go. <laughs> so that was really funny. I also think that, like, I thought the tiger thing was going to be something they dealt with pretty quickly. Obviously it'd be awesome cuz it's a tiger, but you do get the like kick in the fa- like Van Damme kicks that tiger right in the face, which is hilarious, but then it actually becomes something of a threat throughout this entire scene. Like I think it ends up chasing is it is it Rodman or Van Dam that the tiger ends up chasing? It, it chases Titan- Rodman. Okay, right, right. And then eventually they get to a point where they like have they blow up like a like a bridge and the tiger actually falls onto the next section, which is where Van Dam or a uh, a guard is yeah
3: kills a henchman when it falls yes yeah
0: yeah so the tiger becomes quite the uh quite the thing in this scene
1: yeah let me get uh, you know possibly like one of my favorite like death sequences in a movie for like a villain is that like at the end like uh, Mickey Rourke has has, as you know he stitched himself up by making too complicated a you know final final showdown
0: (laughs) (laughs) he forgot about his uh, own layout
1: (laughs) you know he he steps on one of the landmines which you know I mean like it won't go off unless you step off of it or like bounce up and blow you up right like he's he's shirtless he's realized he steps on a landmine and the Tigers coming straight at him and you get this like amazing close up of him just like like lip quivering crying <laughs> right before a, t- a a tiger pounces on him and a landmine goes off at the same time yeah. it's like you know it's like ba- back to Wu. it's like these hong kong guys it's never just one thing like yeah. that's what i mean like the, the generosity of their spirit in 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 the action genre is that like no like i'm gonna kill a guy like three <laughs> ways he's got really die. <laughs> like to really die like really really die <laughs>
3: Oh my God. And
1: I also yeah, and, love and, that. And,
3: they and, ha- and that's the climax to a set piece where like Dennis Rodman rides around the, the, Roman Coliseum on a dirt bike. And he like takes kicks at the tiger while he's doing that. Yep. And there's like a crazy guitar solo going while Van Damme and Rourke are, you know, like uh, duking it out. And also he tells Rodman to take care of his son. He's like, you take care of my son. I take care of Stavros. Even though the scene before was like him being reunited with his wife who thought he was dead and yelling at her, where's my son? Even though she's very clearly just given birth and just been like tortured and held there. And he's like, where's my son? (laughs) Just like, really crazy nonstop kind of you know uh action stuff like this like it's, it's so crazy
0: i also love that they it's like they show uh van damme's skill once again with his with the control of his feet and legs because he's like he steps on the mine but he has enough control to lightly do it and then lightly brush his foot off and then that is also mickey's uh uh, undoing, I believe, because he actually steps on the mine. But I just love that too. They they add a, a little extra flair to to Van Dam dealing with the with the landmines.
3: They also add an, an, a little extra flair when they actually escape the Colosseum and they only survive because the only <laughs> thing stronger than the Roman Colosseum, which oh, has yeah. stood for many many hundreds or thousands of years. It's a Coke machine, which yes. is the first, apparently the first recorded use of a Coke machine as product placement in a film.
0: It's that uh, um, Indiana Jones uh, Crystal Skull logic right there. Yes.
2: Well,
1: no, <laughs> they, you know, uh, it's funny you bring up Indiana Jones because I don't know if you guys clocked this, but, like, we didn't really talk about this character, but, like, like the, the sort of the head of the colony who then, like, uh, is, like, leaves the colony to track down Jean-Claude Van Damme, and then they team up at the end to take down Stavros. Uh, that guy is played by uh, the, say, the actor who portrayed uh, Belloc in Raiders of the Lost Ark. Oh, cool. Oh, I
3: didn't clock that. That's cool yeah well yeah and he, he comes back at the end and is like you know you got to come with me but then uh, what is it, is it Rodman throws like a smoke grenade down
1: which <laughs> yeah, gives Van yeah, Damme yeah, enough time yeah, to yeah, get yeah, away yeah yeah <laughs> and, and, and then and like, then like Rodman's there and, and then it's, it's like coin, him and Belloc, they, they just like they just sort of look at each other and smile they're like oh they're, that's Jack Quinn <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> and then of course, and then of course, it goes into like over the end credits, uh, a Dennis Rodman rap song where it's like he raps nursery rhymes. He's like, "Mary, Mary, <laughs> quite contrary, tell me where your flowers grow." It's just like, it's it's he's rhyming with their nursery rhymes. It's it's such a strange song. It's also, but again, like Rodman was like, as far as I know, this is the only movie Rodman has ever been in. Yeah, this one's like, I, 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 I can't, I, I can't think of another
0: movie. It, yeah, I looked it up, and this seems to be. I mean, he's in like some. Some documentaries, but as a, like a, an action movie or anything like yeah. that, I think this was a one and done for him. He got the the Razzie, so I don't know if he was discouraged or what happened. But well, you
1: know what? I mean, like uh, fuck the Razzies, cause I agree. On movie, i like, want like, a bunch yeah, of Razzies. I agree. So, like, yeah, this movie is ahead of its time. Rodman is like, by the standards of like athletes in movies, is yeah, he's not fine, not terrible. Like oh. he, like he, he, I think he acquits himself pretty well, and like he's just such a good presence on screen. Like and he's, his having fucking outfits, he's, he's having outfits. He's having fun. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah and like you know if, if you're going to ch- choose to be like you know your, your one foray into like acting and like an action movie it's kind of a goofy movie but he chose to work with Choi Hark who's like a fucking a, a genius like a like auteur no. artist so I mean like Rodman we won't hear a bad word against him I mean he's like one of the coolest guys ever yeah. and you know what like you know Rodman was doing all this stuff in the 90s and like for an action movie and for like an athlete of his caliber that like in the movie too it's like a plot line that he has this like weird like I mean not like like bisexual like gender fluidity that's, like, just, like, really open and, like, cool and, like, just sort of, like, even though he's still a badass, like, action hero, like, I mean, I don't don't think you even see that in movies today that are, like, you know, like, in, in a more... Uh, like so, you know like uh, like woke or accepting era yeah yeah mm. rodman was a, he was he was a, he was a boundary pusher he de- yeah yeah for sure i mean i i love
0: that just image because he's got the uh all the the facial rings and 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 all that so when he gets into the suit and the fedora <laughs> and he's still got like all the eyebrow rings and the lip rings and stuff it's just such a Is it- cool and and weird and unique look <laughs> definitely And I also, just to end your movie on Dennis Rodman in front of the burning Coliseum, is just that's something else right there on its own. So,
3: fun movie. Dropping a smoke grenade so that Van Damme can make a quick escape like a Looney Tunes character.
0: (laughs) Yes, yes.
3: (laughs) Fun movie. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun pivoting towards reductive rating round. Uh, I, I still need to get some more watches in with this one, I think, because this this one hangs out in kind of like the high, high three area for me, but I think it could get to like, kind of like the lower four area for me too. I, I am, I think a little bit, you know, uh, taken aback by just some of the, uh, some of the crazy choppiness, I guess of it, but it's not necessarily a bad thing either. Like the movie is energetic and colorful and kind of insane. and, Troy Hark definitely still crafts it within an inch of its life. I, I guess it's just there. It, it's, it's, uh, the, the collaborations taking place here between having like a famous basketball star in your movie, having, you know, like an, you know, like a, like an action star having the Hong Kong ocher, and making like what is essentially like a, an over the the top cartoon like a uh, B- bond meets I guess sort of like f- it has like a face off quality to it, I guess like with that yeah, just that bit. oddball sci-fi uh revenge action thing that they're doing as well. So f- I guess it's just when, when you compare comparing this back to back with Woo, it's not as I guess as tight. Yeah. Um yeah. but that's not, you know, and that's not necessarily an issue because some of the things that Choi is is doing is like, you know, there's sudden breaks in style. There's is embracing crazy, the like chaos, camera moves and and crazy switches and like lighting setups, and so much just weirdness and strange comedy beats mixed in with the feats of athleticism, kind of like all simultaneously. It's a genuinely like insane movie. Um, I, I guess at a certain point, I just kind of find it a little bit uh a light and uh, I guess maybe even a little bit exhausting, which I don't know how <laughs> fair of a criticism that is because it's kind of what it's going for. Yeah. Uh, but I will say it's definitely stuck. Uh, with me the overall oddball like tone and design and detail and everything of the action uh, beast. It's obviously not as clean in, in, in filmmaking and structure as something like hard target, but you know, it's, it's absolutely um, ridiculous even when it's kind of faltering, walking that line of physically tangible and full out cartoon. Yeah. So it's, it's definitely a high three for me, very kinetic and, and, and strange movie. But it absolutely excels when you're just watching Rodman and Van Damme do feats of athleticism with a wild Hong Kong camera following them through some insane European location for some reason. Uh, And when it starts introducing the really strange details like the brunch resort of dead ex-agents and being used as like Minority Report precogs or Mickey Rourke shirtless in a Roman ruin using tigers and mines to make some sort of point about dead kids.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, this uh, same, same. I'm right there with you. I'm at the high three right now. I just think that this movie kind of surprised me in, in ways I wasn't expecting. Uh, I, I do love the bizarre qualities of it. Um, I guess it's just coming right off from Hard Target. Uh, I can see some of the like stylization similarities, and I just think Hard Target is more of a uh, cohesive and tightly ma- put uh, together film. Um, but I mean, I, I'm going to be revisiting this definitely because I think that I, I, just I wasn't need to watch embracing- this with like
3: four homies sitting next yeah. to me. I feel like that was what would take it to the next level. I
0: feel like for whatever <laughs> reason, I wasn't embracing the silliness as much as I should. Um, so I think it really was kind of my fault in a way, but regardless, this thing has a lot of awesome craft. I mean, you've got some amazing Dutch angles that I really liked about uh, Soyhark Hark that he, he does in his films there's just something very strange and otherworldly about it sometimes um yeah and uh yeah, and then having like Rodman do a bunch of basketball puns. Like the one that we didn't mention is when he throws a rock at one of the hanging like wire bombs, and he says something like, "I don't like practice, but I never miss a shot twice," and then throws it and it explodes it or whatever. So there's all that that silliness. But I think it's just a matter of embracing it and uh, and just really enjoying yourself. So, yeah, uh, high three for now. But I'm gonna be revisiting this one.
3: Hell yeah, for you, Will.
1: Well, I mean, like you know, I, I could be. Te- you, one, one might be tempted uh, to rate this movie slightly lower because, unlike Hard Target, which was definitely a more um, traditional movie, yeah, in that it was like you know coherent and had a plot, um, <laughs> you might you might be tempted to to rate this one uh, lower, or at least I, I I might be because it is, it's just like it follows like no like coherent logic. It's just like it's so On to bizarre the next and like yeah. It's just yeah, it's like it's like, a crazy part- idea. Just like don't pause for a second to like just like try to figure out what's going on or anything, but like just sort of let it wash over you. But come on, this has got Mickey Rourke fighting a tiger in a sweetheart <laughs> movie. This is a five out yeah. of five for me. This is a banger. Yeah. Whatever reason, <laughs> we love like it. this movie, this movie is just one of my all-time favorites. Like it's just, I I fucking love this movie. It's like you know, like it has it has like no one can copy the style of this movie. Like it's yeah. just it's so it's so fucking off the wall. Like it's just. It's it's just everything in this movie and uh I love it. It's fantastic. Yeah, this really awesome. could not Will, be remade. <laughs> I was
3: I was gonna ask you, have you seen the movie Knockoff?
1: Oh my god, yeah. I was gonna say we could recommend like uh knockoff and be like the perfect follow-up to this is Gene Okay, because I, I, oh, okay. I haven't I oh haven't seen it. Oh my god, it yet, dude. It's so, it's so good. It's so good. It's like it's 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 definitely more of like uh like a like like a plot. Like it's it's more it's more of a, like like a traditional movie than double team is, but it's like it's Van Damme and Rob Schneider are like Americans who are running a denim company in Hong Kong and (laughs) get involved in like a smuggling room with the CIA
3: selling knockoff jeans. That's where the title comes from, right? Yeah. Yeah, And
1: knockoff is, is (laughs) is so, it's so funny. There's just like that, that like really, like really like high key, like just kinetic camera work by Hark. Um, I, I highly recommend Knock Off. It is an extremely fun movie. Sounds incredible. Yeah. Also to see Dude, Rob
3: that's, that's Schneider. That's like, uh, when, 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 when we do, when we do Troy Hark, we're definitely either going to do The Blade or we're going to do Knock Off next because I I haven't seen either, but I've been wanting to knock them off my list.
0: That's awesome. <laughs> Rob Schneider too. That's going to be. I can't wait.
1: <laughs> and Paul Sorvino is a CIA agent. Awesome. Oh my god. All right. Well, I think that that
3: wraps it up for everything this week. That was a hard target from 1993 and double team from 1997. Thanks so much, Will, for, yeah, for joining you. us and, and, and talking about these uh, films with us. Uh, if you've got anything uh, uh, to plug while you're here, this is where we have you do that. What's going on in Chapo World?
1: Uh, Just the same as it ever was. Um, You can check out uh, Matt's new miniseries, Hell of Presidents. Uh, That's really dope. It's on Stitcher. But as far as me, it's just the same same old chapo, same bad time, same bad channel, same bad Patreon. (laughs) Hell yeah. Hell yeah.
3: Uh, For for our listeners, we're going to be back in one week's time where we are going to uh, be uh where are we here? We're going to be on the uh bonus uh side so for all the Patreon listeners we're going to be over there doing an episode on um vampirism as addiction in both Tony Scott's The Hunger from 1983 and Abel Ferrer's The Addiction um from 1995 I believe. So uh both filmmakers are are uh taking very different stylistic stabs at the idea of uh e- eternal life and violence and uh a- a lust for blood that you can't quench. We're going to have a lot of fun uh, talking about that uh, next week. And then the week after we're going to be back with a special guest uh, because of the episode on the addiction. I've been finally um, motivated to place this episode in. Finally, we're going to have a special guest and we're going to be talking about one Abel Ferrera's King of New York.
1: Oh yeah. From Hell yes. Abel Hell yes. And go. uh, we're going to be pairing that with excited. Abel
3: Ferreira's The Funeral from 19 at 96, both gangster films with Christopher Walken. Hell That's yeah. what you can expect in two weeks time. But that being said, I think that wraps it up for everything this
2: week. Thanks so much for listening and keep it sleazy. Keep it sleazy.